Welcome to the 313th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on December 4th, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway. I'm the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show with me is the man who's living in a winter wonderland, Carlos Rodella. Estoy listo para mí. <laughs> Just means I'm ready for the podcast. Yes, but you are. Are you covered in snow right now? No, there's not too much snow. Um, I, I didn't know you were going to say snow. I would have had Spanish ready about snow, but I don't really hablo español, so... Yeah, only un poco here, uh, same. So just same. a little bit. Yeah, know? no, it's a little bit of um, a little bit of snow, just not like a light smattering. Mm, okay, we had a lot in uh, where I live. I think I've probably lived a little bit further south than you, and it seems like weather is really like weather is a new thing. We're seeing all sorts of weather that we didn't usually used to get over here, and uh, yeah, we almost lost power, and we had a bunch of snow. I had to cancel some stuff. We had to run and get groceries real quick in case we got stuck again. Like, it was kind of weird. We don't usually get a lot of snow on this side of the mountains, so. Yeah, unusual. I mean, I, I don't want to go into it, but I kind of do. This morning, I was scrolling through TikTok because I live on TikTok. And um, I saw the, you know, it's an idea. It's just a thought about how CERN had an issue a few years ago and basically knocked us into a different universe. With the hyper collider? yeah. The uh, hydro, hy- <laughs> what's it? The hydron? No, no, hydron. Yeah, is, is that what it's called? The hydron no. colliders? Or no, that's not the right thing. Oh, I know what no, you're talking about. The big loop, the loop. Yeah, thing. yeah, the loopy, the loopy loop. That's what they call it. It's scientific the hyperloop. term. Hyperloop. The hyperloop. No, no, that's Elon. Hadron, hadron collider. Hadron collider. There Thank we you. go. We got anyways, there eventually, folks. Thanks for hanging in with us. So you wonder why things feel weird and the universe feels off. Um, you know, this concept is that they did something, knocked us into a parallel reality slash universe one right adjacent to ours but things are a little off so maybe that explains the weather too i mean i don't know if i believe that fully but it does kind of make sense that we are living in perhaps a very very dark if not the darkest timeline because man you get up in the morning check social media it makes you want to go straight back to bed so well then that's first your problem is to not check social media so yeah that's awesome anyway all right let's not talk about that let's not talk about the dark universe the alternate timeline where let's talk about video games folks that's right we're back we're doing an episode i got some games carlos got some games we got a lot of bits and bobs to talk about it's gonna be a good show let's kick it off as we usually do with housekeeping everybody knows carlos and i share a virtual living space not on tiktok divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape that's right it's housekeeping what you got this week carlos Jeez Louise, there's a lot of stuff. Um, a lot of stuff going down. By the way, I don't know if you saw this, but Todd Howard did an interview with uh, Lex Friedman, I think is his name, that no, podcast guy. Did not see that. Um, I didn't see the whole thing yet, but it, he he talked to him for like a couple hours. About what, Starfield or Everything. Whatever? No, just, you know, everything. Because uh, that guy just is a really good interviewer, and he just, you know, kind of runs a gamut on everything you want to talk about. Todd Howard, main guy at Bethesda, correct? Todd Howard, main guy at Bethesda. But he yes. did also, yes, talk about Starfield. He talked about Elder Scrolls Six, and just a bunch of stuff. So I just uh, recommend our listeners go check out that interview because it's a lot of information. And this is a podcast, you said? What's the name of the podcast? Yeah, it's Lex Friedman's podcast. I want to That's just what it's called? That. Yeah, his, his name, Lex Friedman. Uh, let me just double check uh, in real time. Real time fact checking, the most Lex, exciting thing F- on the podcast. So it's L E X and then F R I D M A N. 
He's interviewed like everybody in the world. Um, so weird. is it a game specific person or does no, 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 general? No, no, oh, no. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he talked to everybody. I've um, never heard of that person. So Really? Wow. Okay. No. Um, I recommend his podcast because it's just a nice listen. Um, I love Duncan Trussell. He was on there at some point, but I mean, everybody, even people who are like, you know, you might not want to hear, hear from because he just uh, kind of listens to everybody. Nice. Anywho, check well, that out. Yep. Let me dovetail on that real quick. And not to, not to knock you off your post there, Please. but since we're talking about podcasts, I might as well, this seems like a good time to talk about it. Uh, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the Three Moves Ahead podcast, a tiny little podcast that probably needs uh, more PR. I'm sure no one's ever heard of it, but uh, uh, I just listened to their most recent episode, episode 577. So they've been around for a little while. Uh, and it was all about Marvel Snap, which uh, is something that I'm putting a lot of time into oh. these days. I think it's one of the more notable games this year and if you haven't snapped yet if you don't know what it's about or if you're just curious to hear some people talk about it who've been putting a lot of time into it uh, i think it's a good show i don't usually listen to three moves ahead because i'm not like deep in the strategy world uh, but this one was worth listening to and it also stars one of my favorite podcasters of all time rowan kaiser so always good to hear rowan back on the air but check it out it's episode 577 three moves ahead uh and they're talking about marvel snap i do have more to say on snap but i'll turn it back over to you Oh, you have more to say on Snap, you're saying? Just on Snap. Yeah, should I say it now? Yeah, go ahead. I just, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to ever Snap. Uh, you know, you might like it, dude. It's actually it's actually a pretty cool game. I just don't want to get hooked on something because that's what it does, right? See, that's the thing. So this might dovetail exactly what I'm talking about because I think this is an interesting mobile game in that it's very easy to not get addicted to it uh, because their monetization is completely whack and it's very easy to just say no to it. What happened was... Starts out strong, and when I first played this game, I'm like, wow, it seems like there's basically no monetization going on. What's happening? And then they introduced a season pass, which was basically $15 for, I don't know, what, two months of gameplay or something? Extremely reasonable. You got, like, a brand new card, you got some currency, and then you got extra challenges, which get you extra currency. For $15, i am like, oh, man, this is actually a really good monetization deal. I like this, because all you do, $15 a couple, couple months... I'm sad. That feels like a good value to me. Mm -hmm. Okay, no, they had more. They had more coming. Um, I didn't realize that in the beta, they were trying all kinds of wacky shit. They talked about it on that podcast I just mentioned on Three Moves Ahead. Um, I was not in the beta, so I didn't really bother with it. But hearing what they were talking about, I was like, yikes. And I think a little bit of yikes just hit the game because they just introduced a brand new currency out of nowhere. Oh. All of a sudden, there's like this third currency. And it's it's whack. It's super whack. The price points are out of control. It's dumb. I'm just like, your game is great. Like, I like just talking about the game. Mm -hmm. Marvel Snap is a fucking great game. Just like talking about like ludically, mechanically, in terms of design. It's an amazing game. I think it's great. And I think that even if you took out Marvel characters and just put in orcs and trolls or put in robots or whatever, yeah. it would still be like a fucking kick-ass game, right? Which is great. But the monetization stuff that just introduced is just completely just like stupid and turning me off. Mm -hmm. And I'm not putting any money into it, which is fine because, as I just said, I can still enjoy the game just fine. So it's very easy to not get addicted. I feel literally no desire whatsoever to give them any money past the season pass. I have no desire to give them a hundred bucks to get some of the new currency or one of the new cards that came out today in the store. Two hundred bucks. I'm like, are what? you fucking kidding me? Good God. Yeah. So anyway, I love Marvel Snap. I still recommend it. I think they got their heads up their asses when it comes to the monetization part. They need to fix this. It's really, really bad. Uh, but the game is still great. Man, the number one thing I hate in even offline games is multiple currencies. Oh, I hate it, dude. I just I'm with can't you. deal. It. It's like, here's some gems, but also coins, but also crystals, but also oh, this other thing. Um, oh, it's so stupid. I hate terrible. it. Terrible. 
Well, uh, speaking of games we're still playing, though, uh, I'll dovetail into uh, Ease 8 for a second. Oh, man, the one that won't die. The one that won't die. I am in the last chapter of that game. Uh, There's six chapters. They seem to go on forever. I'm getting that same feeling as I got with... um, what was the last game I just played? Oh, Star Ocean. Star Ocean, yeah. We started podcasting about this. I think it was episode seven. Yeah, episode six or seven. I started Ease 8. <laughs> and now I'm going to... And I haven't finished it, by the way, but I'm real close. And uh, yeah, like Star Ocean, like the final acts, you know, are like just go on forever. Yeah. And like I've said on the show, I think now every episode, I'm replaying it for like the second or third time. Yeah. Uh, I've definitely got past, you know, where I've been. And so I'm in the final end game. The new content, the new territory. The, the, the newest, because it's the last chapter, um, still never ending. And two things I wanted to bring up. One, it's just kind of a general thought. Like when I'm looking at the walkthrough, for certain games like this, like RPGs, they have so many side missions. Yeah. It's hard to actually see the real mission that I got to go do. Because it's like, okay, and then go to the cave that you can never get to. And I'm like, I don't want to go to the cave I could never get to. I just want to finish this game. So it's like hard for me to tell how much I have to go left right, because right. a lot of it's side missions. How but, much you actually have to do. Yeah. But I, uh, it's called Lacrimosa of Dana. Now, or Donna, actually. I know Donna, and I know what the Lacrimosa is, finally. So... I mean, it, Donna's nice. She's down at my, my wife's office. She's really good. She, nice. She makes a good muffin. But I, what Lacrimosa, I mean, that makes me think of... Um, the like sadness or tears or something. Yes. You know that um, a series of unfortunate events had a whole lake about it. Yeah. Um, so what is what's the deal? Is it is that what it is? Here? Minor spoiler. I mean, for a game, you know, a long time ago came years out. Ago, yeah. Um, not twenty, two thousand sixteen. But you know, um, yeah. This is it's a sad ending so far. I mean, even if nothing else happens or changes, it's super sad. Like Lacrimosa basically is like the world has to end a bunch of times and like everything has to get wiped out. And they have to learn that the hard way. They're like, oh, wait, this is going to happen every generation of people or humans. Oh, is this current events? Because it sounds like what's happening now. Nice. It's uh, before, you know, this time. It's like uh, the alternate timeline. It's it's in this game. But no, no, it's just really sad. It's Yeah, it's you have to watch a bunch of people die. And you're like, oh, the end of the world is um, kind of a cycle that happens. Uh, which is an interesting thought, you know, like the dinosaurs, et cetera. The dinosaurs are in this game, by the way. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And you get just, them on your party. That'd be sweet. No, you have to fight them. Ah, uh, that sucks. Yeah. But basically, it's just it's showing this kind of renewal, you know, that we always talk about, like, in the world and, like, cycles and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's just really dark. Lacrimosa is, is correct. It's like this really dark and tough decisions at the end. So I'm enjoying uh, it. I just want it to end now. I mean, it sounds like there's some good life lessons in there. I feel like we are definitely in a big cycle of fucking stupidity right now. So it's a cycle. We do need to flush it down and start something new. Yeah. Oh, and in, lessons, and lessons from ease. Lessons, from, lessons ease. from well, no, lessons from um, um, the lacrimosa because that's actually like none of, none of the other ease had this kind of a dark, I think, telling of a tale. But anywho, a couple other things real quick. Um, Lost Worlds or Lost Between Worlds Far Cry Six DLC is coming out in a day. Or two. Which one is Far Cry 6 again? The one I loved to death and gave it like one of my game of the years. Uh, oh, wait. Is that the one that has Danny Trejo in the tacos yes, and stuff? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Running gotcha, through the jungle gotcha. jungle with my panther. Oh. <laughs> and then and the dog with the wheelchair, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I never used him, but. Chorizo. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Anyways, that game was amazing. I didn't really like the DLCs that came out originally, which were just kind of mind missions. Like you're going into the minds of all the bad guys. In quotes, bad guys. Did I? I talked about him on the show. I'm I sure. don't remember if we did or not. 
I'm sure I did because I beat all of them. I must have forgotten. Probably um, very likely. Anyways, this is uh, a straight up like you know single player um, campaign that's like you know fantasy sci fi. Like okay, you're in this weird place with multiple realities. Oh, back to realities, multiple universes that aren't your own. You know, like Inception. Think Inception with like sure things coming together all like weird and stuff. So, anyways, I'm all in because I love that game. I like the game mechanics. And I didn't enjoy the small DLCs because they were just, I felt like they were, I don't know, you know, forced in a way. Like, oh, yeah, we can go in the minds of the bad guys. But this seems like a separate standalone story that I'm pretty excited about. Was it still a first-person shooter in the minds of the bad guys? Uh, yeah, you were the bad guy. And you were doing all the like Far Cry 6 stuff, basically. Oh, but more interesting if it was like you went in the mind of the bad guy and he's just like, I miss my mom so much or something like that, you know, well, like just emotional issues, you know, there were no, well, there were a couple were really into like figuring out who the guy was. Cause he was like, not a bad guy or he was a good guy. And then he changed or something. So yeah. you're not far off. That's kind of what they were about, but, but still a shooter, still a shooter. And you fall out of ghosts and stuff. I don't know. I didn't enjoy them. All right. And one more thing or two. Well, the game awards are coming up very soon. <clears throat> yes. Uh, probably again. Also in a couple of days, I think, right? Jeez. I have no idea. I, I think it's December 6th. Two days. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about them, or at least I will. I, I'm guessing you won't even watch them. No, I will not watch. It's a waste of my time. I will go through a list of the trailers. I enjoy watching trailers, but I'll skip all the stuff in the middle. Okay. That's fine. Um, Microsoft, more exclusives that are better. What? I Sometimes I don't understand my notes. <laughs> you need notes for your notes? Oh, I think Microsoft was saying that they need more exclusives and they were like admitting it. They're like, there was an article somewhere that said somebody at Microsoft was like, PlayStation's just better at it. <laughs> and they're just is like, this, being is this frank. more of like, uh, I don't even want to say his name, but EM's like his little disinformation campaign on Twitter. That sounds like something he would do. No, no, no. This is like a, an article from somebody at Microsoft. There was a quote. I'm not going to look it up or do the homework. Um, but yeah, it was somebody at Microsoft just basically saying, I, maybe it was Phil Spencer? He's, he said stuff like that before. Maybe. I you don't know? know. I didn't see this one. Um, yeah, he was just saying like, yeah, they're just better exclusives than us. <laughs> but it's, we're just, we just know that. Um, so, you know, it's out there. That's interesting. I just like truth, so it is true. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk exclusives, yeah, I definitely think that PlayStation has them. I mean, are they better? I mean, I don't know. It's funny because I actually don't care for most of their exclusives. I think it's probably personal taste. But if you're talking in general, yeah, I think it's a pretty pretty obvious fact. They've got like the bigger, you know, more crowd-pleasing exclusives for sure. I would agree with that. Yeah, I don't even know if it's just about better. It's about that, again, when I kind of – when I bring up my PlayStation, it's just more unique titles on there that I can play, it seems like. You know, because when I go to Microsoft – because I go to both stores every single week, sure, right? Sure, sure. And I see a lot of crossover – Right. So I'm like, right. oh, I don't need both boxes, really. And then when I think about how many times I need my PlayStation, it's more. Right. That's it. Like, that's just sure. the math of it. And so I'm here to say that I agree with that person from Microsoft. Yeah. Um, I mean, just to just to the counterpoint, as we always do, it's funny please. because I'm, I, you know, last generation, I, I was totally PlayStation. And now I'm just like. I am just like uh, Xbox all the way. And it's funny because, like I just said, I actually don't care for most of their exclusives. I don't give a shit about God of War or Horizon or whatever. What's another exclusive? I don't know how you can't care about either of those, but go on. I seriously don't give a shit about them. They're really boring to me and they're not fun. So for me, for my personal taste, um, I mean, I just get a lot out of Game Pass. I know that I probably, you know, I do that more often than you do. And I probably uh, go to go to that more often. But for me, the Game Pass value is, is pretty key. 
and I'm happy to have that instead of the exclusives that I don't like. But I can understand. I mean, there's a lot of God of War fans out there. There's a lot of um, Horizon fans out there. So I'm expecting to see those be on everybody's list at the end. And I get it, you know, but for me personally... I'm pretty happy um, in the Xbox ecosystem right now. So. Was was Stray across all platforms? I knew it was PC, but did it not come to um, Xbox? It may have been. That's a good question. It may have been PS and PC. Stray X, I'm typing in Stray Could've Xbox. Been. I don't think it did go to Xbox. So yeah, it might be it might be only on PlayStation. I just want to make sure that you know we put it on record because you just brought up two huge titles. I'm not yeah, even yeah. talking about that. You know, like because again, I go every day, every week or every sure. day really. Um, and there's a ton of titles that are on PlayStation that aren't on Xbox that aren't huge titles. We're not talking about the God of Wars. Um, Stray might be a good example. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, it would be interesting. I would like to see. I don't have any data of any kind whatsoever right now, but I would be curious to see. Because sometimes I see there's this new phenomenon, right? And I see sometimes I totally agree with you. PlayStation does definitely does have a series of exclusives. But the other, exclu- the other kind of exclusive I see is Switch slash Xbox. I see a lot of crossover of that where something will come out on PC and then they'll do Switch and Xbox, but they won't do PlayStation. Hmm. And it's weird to me that they leave it out. And I can't even think of one off the top of my head, but I notice it coming up a lot, probably because they get all the PR emails, right? So they offer us codes all the time. And when I see what's being offered, it's either PlayStation uh, and PC or it's PC, Xbox, Switch. I see that split a lot and I don't yeah. know why that is. Maybe maybe difficulty in porting to one way or the other, but we'll I don't see. know. We'll see. Uh, and then lastly, I just want to say a, a trailer I saw this morning has me more excited than it should. I'm very confused by it. It came out of nowhere. It's called Infinity Nikki. Infinity Nikki. I don't know what you're talking about. Is okay. it? Wait, wait, wait. Is this the uh, Japanese anime flavored girl who's floating all over the place? Yes, exactly. Oh and, yeah, I just I just saw that like yesterday. Yeah. Okay, and and I don't like that they call it. I mean, for me, I don't know. It, they call it an open world game slash dress up adventure. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I'll be proud and say that I am a big fan of dress up adventure games. After oh, this same one. dude. I, because, I will dress people up all day long. Well, because this looks amazing. Um, you you put different suits on. She runs around this world. By the way, the graphics look you know ridiculous. Yeah, really nice. Um, really really nice. Uh, kind of a Genshin Impact feel. Yep, yep. And then as you're going through, watch the trailer, everybody listening. Um, you know, you do things like fishing and the normal kind of things you would do. But there is a little bit of combat. There is a detective suit you put on. Then you have to do like detective stuff. There's a spaceship at some point. At some point she gets mini and like she you know gets really small. Uh, she gets really big, and again, some combat and stuff. It just looks awesome and fun and relaxing. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. I'm really digging the vibe. It looks really kind of weird, but in like the best way. And I like the visuals. And I'm I'm up for something like that. Like make make me think in a different way. Make me do something different. Dressing up and floating around and yeah. doing detective work. Like I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I'm so in. I'm glad you're in with me. All right, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll review on the show when it comes out. Oh, for sure, for sure, dude. What else did you have? Anything? Yeah, I got I got a couple things here. Um, so let's see. We just recently got our Spotify wrapped. Oh, yeah. It is that time of year when all the services kind of send up the the year end year in review sort of thing. I mean, we're probably going to get one from Xbox and PlayStation and Switch soon. Haven't got that yet, but we got one from Spotify. Now the podcast here, So Video Games, is on basically every service that I can think of, but the only one that we got the wrap for is Spotify. So um, the data is a little bit skewed, but it is some interesting numbers. If it's all right with you, I was going to read through a couple of the categories. Yeah, I liked uh, seeing all that data. 
Yeah, it was pretty cool. So I'll give you a couple factoids here. So here, the Soviet Games podcast, the Spotify rep. And again, this is just Spotify numbers. It doesn't include the iTunes store or, you know, whatever, Anchor or whatever else we're doing. So it said we put up 4,134 minutes of new content. And actually, the year's not over, so uh, a little bit more to go, which was more content than 98% of other podcasts in the entertainment category. So we are overachieving. Wow, we just need to slow down or something, or what? We got we got to put the foot on the gas and keep it going. Just That's what keep we're doing. going. So that was pretty cool. It's interesting to know that we put out more show than ninety eight percent of other people in the entertainment category. Probably not news or anything like that, but entertainment. Um, our number one show was episode two nine two Batman Karate Thing. I don't remember anything about that show. Do you remember anything about that one? No, I'm trying to think of Batman Karate Thing, what that means. It was I think I was describing some sort of combat. Yeah, combat system where somebody took like an Arkham style combat, but I don't know what game we were talking Neither about. Neither do I. Nothing about that episode stood out in my memory, but that was our number one most listened to episode last year. I have no clue why. If you listened to that one and that was your favorite episode, please let us know why it was. Yeah, no that's actually a good point. Let us know why. We are currently, according to Spotify, we are being heard in 16 countries, which is great. I love the global reach. Uh, Number one is, of course, United States. Uh, But number two, Iceland. I mean, do we have our, do we have John to thank for that? Probably John over at the uh, the, uh, uh, Gaming in the Wild podcast. Uh, So thank you for your support over there, John. You are our number two country. Um, Third, now third caught me by surprise. Do you remember what third was or do you want to take a guess? Um, I don't remember what it was. I would have never guessed this in a million years. Portugal. We are big in Portugal. Oh. Ola? I don't know why. Uh, no, I mean, I, no. <laughs> Not really. I, yeah, I don't know any Portuguese. I apologize. I don't have. Well, I'm going to do it all language. in Google Translate in a minute here. Hold on. Alo, right, alo in uh, Icelandic. Alo, alo. That's pretty close to hello. That's yeah. Close. Yeah, yeah. And I'll do Portuguese. But what were you going to say? So, number one, US. Number two, Iceland. Number three, Portugal. Number four, Spain, right next door to Portugal. So right on. We got a lot of uh, friends over in that part of the country. And fifth is the UK. I, I mean, honestly, I would have thought the UK would have been a little higher just because of the English language usage. Yeah. Clearly, I was absolutely wrong. Uh, Iceland, Portugal, and Spain. So right I on. wonder if some of it's because of Carlos. Hey, hola. <laughs> I don't know, but it is hola in Portuguese, too. It's just, is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, hola, all of our listeners, and I'm... Lo siento, hablo español un poquito, pobrecito, I'm so pathetic at it, and I'm going to get better. I'm going to try to get better. Yeah, and it's it's one of my, side note, it is one of my goals to speak Spanish. Um, See? I don't put any time into it, so I'm not really moving any any closer to that goal that I I have been (laughs) in the last couple years, but I want to. Okay, well, wait, why don't we do that and be part of the podcast? Here's a, a fun tangent. Is I'm starting to try to translate some of my sketches in Espanol. Okay. Espanol, I mean, it's a huge market, right? And obviously, my, my name being Carlos, whatever, my dad's speaking it. So um, I'm trying to do that. It's a lot of work. <laughs> and I'll tell you about the process some other time. But I think we should do a little bit of that on this show. I really do. Yeah, that would be cool. I mean, my uh, my kid is really interested in Spanish. Um, a large part of my family is Spanish speaking. And so, uh, you know, I have Mexican roots and stuff. And so it would be great to kind of reclaim some of that. Uh, I just, you know, it's like any language. If you don't really immerse yourself, you don't really pour yourself into it. It's really tough. And yeah. And I just feel like the best way to do it is to, um, you know, to talk with somebody and just really just use it every day. See. Um, so yeah. And I can like, uh, I, again, I can cop a handy, you know, when people say it. And so, 
it's just the more that I talk it and the more that I hear it, like you just said, is when I'll use it more. So we'll try yeah. it more on the show. And I'm glad I started. I didn't even plan that. I started the show with Espanol. There we go. So we'll see. Got a couple more factoids here. Uh, we are in the top 25% of Spotify's most followed podcasts, which I think is really good. Happy to be in the top 25%. That sounds great. Um, May 29th was our biggest week ever. Had the most listeners ever. I'm not sure why. Don't know. May 29th, anything happening? Was that E3 time maybe? That's June, right? E3. Yeah, May 29th, June 4th. I don't know. Whatever was happening that week is our biggest week. And finally, uh, we uh, a number of listeners overall increased by 33%, which I feel like is great. If nice. this was a business or some kind of for-profit thing, uh, the CEO would be thrilled with that growth. So. Yeah, we are growing. We are growing. So thank you very much to Spotify for those interesting factoids. That was really fun. Um, let's see. Two more little bits here. I just wanted to give a quick heads up. Uh, I know we don't really talk about Fortnite all the time here on the show, but I do play uh, with my kid, and I do dip in every now and again. They do some fun events, and I appreciate that you can play the game and not really have to focus too much on trying to actually win, although I have won many times. But uh, the, re- least, the recent Fortnite event, they just wrapped up another season, and I got to say, it was the slowest, most boring, most dull Fortnite event I've ever seen. In fact, it was so boring. I quit before it was even done. I bailed yeah. on it. It was so boring. Um, I know they're they're trying to do a lot of story stuff in Fortnite. I don't know if you follow this at all. You probably don't, Carlos. No, but there's I a do whole not. Interdimensional thing. There's like these scientists from another dimension. They control the world, and there's all these weird things they're doing with experiments in space. And it's really hard to explain. But anyway, and honestly, I feel like I kind of don't care. I just I just enjoy seeing all the different characters get together. Is really my thing. But it was really boring. It was really dumb. It was really long. It was like 45 minutes of like busy work and nothing exciting happened and nothing big happened. And I just got I just got crazy. I'm like, I can't do this. I feel like I'm growing older in real time as I'm playing this game. I can't do this. And I bailed. So big thumbs down to the recent Fortnite event. I don't know what they were thinking. It was just really, really fucking dumb and boring. And they usually, at the very least, you can count on bells and whistles and fireworks and excitement. I mean, there was no free skin, no free doodad, nothing to say that you were there. There was nothing notable from it. It was just... I, I don't know what happened in Fortnite headquarters, but man, y'all fucked that up. That was so boring. Well, you so. got to think they've been doing a million things, right? Like a million of these types of events. Maybe they're just like, I don't know, temporarily out of ideas. I mean, I guess maybe. I mean, sometimes they don't always do a big event, though. Sometimes they'll just be like, season's over. We go down for a day. New season. That's it. Like no event. And I think, oh, yeah. honestly, no event would have been better than this because this was really painful and just really kind of embarrassing. So I don't know what happened but this was not good and if they're going to do stuff like this in the future just don't just just shut down for a day and just go to the next season and just move on because this is this is dumb well i don't know who cares about it but um i heard a rumor and saw the screenshot of mr beast showing up in Fortnite. mr beast what do you mean who's that what oh come on what are you talking about you have a kid I, how do you not know about mr beast i don't even know what you're talking about what is wow. it wow okay anyways he's like one of the biggest youtubers he does a thing where he recreated um uh, Squid Game in real life. He gives away millions of dollars. He does all that kind of like. YouTube does not exist for me. I know it's a big okay. thing. I know people watch it, but like that is not. It is just not a thing that I ever spend time on. I, don't, I mean, I don't have time in general. And watching YouTubers is not anything I'm ever going to do because I just don't have the time. Okay, wait, wait, hold on. I have to defend one thing. Um, Go ahead. A, I'm like the exact opposite because literally every morning I wake up, I open up my browser and it's at the YouTube homepage. And then two, the word, you know, the, the term YouTubers doesn't really work because like when I look at my homepage on YouTube, 
it's like, you know, the late show or it's uh, the science uh, physics girl that I follow or like this Lex Friedman who does a podcast. So there is not like, you know, it's not like predominantly YouTubers on YouTube, if that's sure, what you think. Sure. Just like it's, programs or yeah, whatever. I mean, whatever's it's on everything, YouTube. right? Yeah. But it, it also it kind of in um, a double edged sword in a, in a negative and a positive way, the more you use it and the more you uh, curate, it will like speak to you when it comes to the homepage, right? It'll create that for you sure makes so perfect sense. my homepage yeah. doesn't look at like anybody else's like mr beast youtuber type homepage that being said um yeah mr beast is huge he's like one of the biggest uh like we're talking like videos of 150 million views sometimes yeah. and so he has a lot of reach with kids and younger people i think in general so i think they're all very excited about him. never even heard of the dude which ask your goes kid to show. ask your kid uh, if he knows i guarantee he doesn't know who it is he never watches youtube he we're not a YouTube right, family. Okay. but I think it's interesting that you bring that up because it goes to show how different the world is these days and how difficult it is to get people to all look at the same thing. Um, you know, I mean, here's this guy. I totally believe it. He probably is one of the biggest, most famous dudes within a certain demographic, right? 150 million views or whatever. That's amazing. I've literally never heard of this guy. But, you know, remember back in the day, like when we had much fewer uh, media choices, like it would be. ABC, NBC, CBS was like your three choices, right? And if 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 there was something on one of those, like you could know everybody in the world watched it. Like 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 um, when uh, this is like really really old reference, but like when Jr. got shot on Dallas, you know, like it was all anybody Jeez. talked about for like a month afterwards, yeah. right? Or like and Cheers, like, uh, like the season yeah. finale or something. Season finale, Cheers, or like anything that was on any TV show. Like like most of the country would be talking about it because we had so few options. Everybody would be watching the same thing. Um, and so that just goes to show how different we are now because I can exist in a world where I have no, literally no awareness of Mr. Beast whatsoever until literally just now. Uh, and, and yet this guy has this giant, huge reach, right? And I'm sure that I could name drop something that some YouTube kid would have no idea ever happened. Or like I, I mentor people sometimes for work and I talk to um, some of the people I work with and I'm just blown away that they have like no idea of certain things that I feel like are very notable and 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 noteworthy and stuff so our our spheres are kind of getting further apart like it's getting harder and harder to find some common ground for everybody in fact i'm trying to think of anything recently where perhaps the whole world was watching it can you think of anything like that i mean world cup maybe i'm not a, i'm not a sports fan but i know a lot of people most of the world watches the world cup yeah anything a lot else of like a lot that? of soccer soccer I mean, um yeah i mean like i mean believe it or not game awards are in a couple of days that's a global event that is I forgot what the last viewership was, but it was nuts, dude. I mean, like totally true. But if I go to my wife's office and I go, "Hey, did you watch the game events or game awards?" I'd be like, "What?" You know, I know, I know, no I know, idea, I know what right? you're but, saying. Um, yeah. There are a couple of events like that, but yeah, of course, they're few and far between. I'll say a couple other things real quick to, to the Mr. Beast thing. I think he's doing really good work in the fact that he does a lot of like basically just helping people. Like he he just gives away money. Like that's like his big that's thing. That's cool. Um, like one of the examples is he went to a store. It's all over. Like it's now it's being memed and stuff and on TikTok. But he went to a store and he just like had a suitcase of fifty thousand dollars and he asked people, "Hey, do you want this or do you want me to double it and give it to somebody else or something like that?" And so he wanted to see who would be nice, you know. And so right. one person was like, "Yeah, no, I want you to give it to somebody else, or whatever." And then he gave it to somebody else and them because he was so you know that guy was nice. Sure, sure. sure. So, anyways, that kind of shit's really cool. <clears throat> so I do like that. Also, right he's on. he's doing like fast food burgers and stuff. So even that will show up in the real world. So you don't have to be on YouTube to learn about some of his shit. Uh, and yes, to the the kind of sequenced or not sequenced uh, sequestered worlds 
that we all live in. Yeah, yeah. I think one thing I just want to say is that, like, for me, it's not better or worse, but I just I don't have that sphere. Like, my YouTube homepage is going to be different from yours, but I'll probably watch all the same shows you watch too. So, like, I want everything, and I'm wondering how many people listening are like me, where like I don't have a sphere of things that I just like. I want everything. <laughs> I mean, I I totally get you, dude. I kind of have the same leaning, but like, I don't think it's possible anymore. Oh, it is. When, Be, it is I'm doing not, it. It's not possible. It's I'm not doing possible it because if I if I came to you and said, "Oh my God, Carlos, did you see that recent video where they're talking about the new revolution in stamp collecting? Did you see that? Did you see about that?" You'd be like, "What? You have I, no idea." I would a watch that video and then maybe subscribe. <laughs> get out of here, dude. I'm serious. Okay, I just joined up, and, and we'll get off YouTube in a minute. But I just joined up with. I mentioned earlier this woman who talks about physics and I just found her because weirdly enough, YouTube sometimes can do really good discovery. Oh, and sure. It just showed me her video and I had no idea. She talked about the Aurora Borealis. And I don't know if you know this fun fact real quick, those beautiful colors and stuff that we see and we're like, Ooh, ah, that's actually protecting us from solar rays. So it's like kind of a dangerous event that we're looking at. Yeah. We're yeah, looking at solar rays hitting us. And the atmosphere basically bouncing them away. But we're like, oh, it's pretty. Same um, thing with the sunset. When you see a nice, really orange or pink sunset, it's actually pollution in the air. Like, sunsets are <laughs> nice. not supposed to be that color. And we're like, oh, it's oh. so great, so romantic. Yeah, it's like toxic shit in our air, but it's beautiful. So I bring that up because I want to learn about everything. So I don't know. I'm just, I feel like I'm an odd duck. Let's go back. Let's go on. One more thing. One more thing before we wrap up housekeeping, get to the games. Um, so, folks, it is December. Uh, seems kind of wild to say it, but another year has almost gone by, and y'all know what that means. It is getting close to Game of the Year time. G-O-T-Y. Uh, we're not quite there just yet, but we are within spinning distance, and so Carlos and I are going to be preparing our traditional year-end show. I think we're probably going to stick pretty close to our normal format, um, but as for you, uh, we need your input. Just like last year, uh, I would love it. Love it, love it. If everybody listening to this show would send us an email or a tweet or something, just let us know. Reach out somehow and let us know your top three favorite games of 2022. Send them to us in order, like your number one, your number two, your number three. Let us know what you like and send us one disappointment. Like it's a letdown, it, it, you thought it was going to be great and it sucked, or just the worst game you played. First, just for balance, just for balance. Um, so three, your top three favorites and one that was not your favorite. Send it to us. We're going to collect all those. We'll give you a shout out on the show and you'll help us uh, fill in the picture of 2022 when we finally record that episode. Yep. And we have a lot of work to do to get that uh, top 10. It's tough, man, because, you know, as we say every year, there's no way that you can play every single game. Even if you play, I mean, dude, I'm keeping a list, right? I'm going to publish this list on uh, Game Critics when I get done with it. But as soon as January 1st rolls around, I'm going to publish a list of all the games I've played. And I shit you not, by the time that we get to January, I probably will have played pretty close to 300 games, if not more. Yeah, remember yeah. we were doing it in yeah. backlog. And you're, I know you're right neck and neck with me, right? Jeez, so it's like, easy. Even, even with me playing just about 300 games, which is, you know, it's basically like almost one a day, like maybe like one every two days or something, like, you know, like it's, it's very frequent, more frequent than the average person. So with me playing 300-ish games, you playing 300-ish games, we still have so many games that neither one of us ever had time for that we ever looked at. And when I look at people's lists, which I think is a good thing, um, I'm seeing lots of games where I'm like, man, I didn't 
had no time for that one or I didn't even play that one or I didn't hear about this one. You know, like it's just it's so wide and diverse, which I think is a great thing. I mean, unfortunately, fucking God of War is going to be like everyone's number one, either that or Elden Ring. So that's kind of a bummer. But all the other ones, I think there's going to be a lot of diversity, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. And by the way, people are this is kind of going back to housekeeping. Uh, people are saying that Elden Ring is going to announce uh, or FromSoft is going to announce the DLC at the Game Awards. I mean, that would be cool. I would definitely be up for some DLC. It's been a while, and you know some's coming. Of course there's going to be some coming. Yeah, I just be. I hope it's just not multiplayer stuff. I feel like it's going to be. Oh, um, yeah. Well, it, well, just to confirm, I mean, I, I hear you, but there is going to be multiplayer stuff because of that arena, right? That big yes, I know. Coliseum. Right, yeah. That's that I mean, get into. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be the, the PvP thing. I'm going to give not even a shit about that. But hopefully there'll either. be story stuff or just, well, I, I, I say story smiling about it because there's no real story in that game. But yeah. more adventure single player stuff. I just, I'm with you. I just want one more landmass that's all i want you know <laughs> one more entire landmass. <laughs> yeah give me one well not even a big one like the whole map but like just another little island or something yeah uh i'm in and i'll go back to it but, they can um, do it yeah so uh top 10 excited uh, a lot of, of games coming in that episode yes so look forward to that please send us your uh your your top three and your one not so great and we'll do that it's gonna be a great show looking forward to it as always all right carlos anything else in housekeeping i'm done no let's shut the door there we go shut the door moving on to the next room getting into the main content of the show carlos we're going to start off with you romancing saga minstrel song i don't know anything about it other than what i just said in the title please inform us good sir yeah so uh we got a code for this uh i was interested because it's an rpg by the way um uh, all the episodes all the episodes all the um games i'm going to talk about this episode are rpgs so this is the first one uh old school rpg this is a ps2 game but if the ps2 game was a remake of a super famicom game i believe oh my god what are you kidding yeah it's a remake of a remake yeah and this is a remake of a remake of a remake oh my goodness um okay. remastered i forget what they actually say it remastered yeah because i'm looking at the game in front of me it's called remastered so basically yeah the art style is this kind of how do i call it um sprite based old school rpg looking but kind of uh artsy in the way of kind of hand drawing at times like kind of a little sketch sketchy is that the word uh, i it's you a know, sketchy I, game I don't know. sketchy game i took a look at it yeah it is kind of it does seem like you're looking at a picture of something through a filter of a filter. It's kind of a weird... There's a weird filter. Yeah. And in yeah. the beginning, the intro, I don't like it. Like, I don't... I was like, ooh, I don't want the whole game to be like this. Just the art style in general? Yeah. And also, it's kind of like blurry in a way. It like, is kind of blurry, yes. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. So, I don't love that, but most of the game isn't just that style. Like, it doesn't seem as blurry. It's more crisp. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a remastered with the graphics. But what is the game? It's similar to, um, you know, all the Saga Frontier games and, and Octopath Traveler where there's multiple people you can be. You can pick who you want to be in the beginning. It doesn't matter. And is it Okay. So I was I was thinking this was going to be like a Theat Rhythm game, like those Final Fantasy music games. Is it not a music no, game? No, no, not at all. Oh, okay. No, it's like an old school RPG, like I just said, like Saga Frontier or gotcha. Octopath where you can pick somebody and whoever you pick, you're going to do their side story first. And it's all towards one bigger mission, which is stop evil, right? Whatever. Yes. Um, so I do like that. I, th I think there's a couple things I like and a couple things that I don't like. Things that I do like is, yeah, I always like that, you know, if you do an old school RPG like this, you can have it be super open and be any character you want. What's that game that just was also remastered? Um, gosh, damn it. Live, like, live Alive? Yes, thank you. Good there you call. Go. 
where I liked that a lot because it was like each little side story gave me a whole different, just a vibe, you know? And this is the same kind of thing where like they're wildly different. So I picked um, some swordsman in the beginning and you're in a little town. And so the positive is that, yeah, it's just this kind of fun little side adventures and you can go on them and do whatever you want and then, you know, pick the next character. The thing I don't like, which is also the double-edged sword of it, is talk about old school and no direction. I don't know. It's all the direction and no direction at once. And what I mean by that is the first person you talk to, at least in the first story that I did, was just a character that just showed you all of everything you could ever do and what all the glossary terms are and everything. It was like literally giving you like a dictionary of like, here's how you play this game. And I was like, whoa, that's a way more than I need. Yeah, I hate those info dumps. I hate the info dumps. And then I went on to the town and then I got no info. So it's like everything and, and nothing at the same time. So literally when you go to the town, no one's saying anything about a story. No one's telling you. They're like, sometimes they're like, oh, I heard that there's a hole somewhere with treasure in it. <laughs> and Jeez. and so you go into the field. I was like, I guess I'm going to go into this open field with monsters. And you don't even know which monsters you can take on. And some you can't because they're too strong. And so you just kind of like wing it. So part of me loves that and part of me hates it. You know, dude, I know that some people, and I'm not trying to stereotype here, but like people who are not old enough to remember what it was like back in the day, some people are like, oh, I turn off quest markers because I like to explore. And I'm like, bro, you don't really realize what a blessing quest marker was. If you you grew up in the day of like, the 16-bit RPG or even the 8-bit RPG, you had no fucking clue what was going on. You didn't know where to go. You didn't know anything about anything. Quest markers are a blessing. And so this kind of sounds like kind of a throwback to those days when you just did whatever, and if you found it, you found it. If you didn't, you didn't. Is that how this feels? It does. And it's also why probably you and I didn't finish a lot of games back then. Oh, dude, yeah. Right? Because sure. like yeah. there's so many games we started. When I you, go couldn't, look at, you couldn't finish them, You man. couldn't, Yeah. Oh, or if they had like those really bad password systems, you know? Oh, God, um, I know. Or which, like, or there was no, there was no internet at that time. There was no game facts. There was no YouTube. It was like you figured it out or you fucking didn't. And often yeah. we didn't. We didn't. Or you asked your friend and they're like, how'd you do that thing? Yes, exactly. Um, and by the way, rose tinted glasses, it wasn't better. You know, people today are like, oh, it was cool because you could like talk to your friends and figure out. No, no, no. It wasn't. No, fuck that, dude. It fuck sucked. that. It sucked. Um, so, yeah. So, and then also you could also say, it's kind of Souls-like. And the fact that, like... Well, hold on. <laughs> Hear me out. Watch. In, no, no. I'm just, just, just... Yeah, man. Do it. Oh, it's because, like, when I played uh, Elden Ring, like, I, I generally don't like um, Souls-like whatever. We went down this path. I enjoy that game. But I did like the fact that I could go anywhere, like, literally anywhere, and play the game kind of how I wanted to, and then finally go back to that, you know, hard boss or something. So it's doing things like that. It's not doing it because of Souls, because this game came out a million years ago. a million years before, yeah. But if you look at it through that way, that lens, you know, you can be like, oh, it's kind of fun, because I don't really know where to go. But that's a stretch. I don't know. I'm confused on this game. I love that you're trying to put a positive spin on it. I appreciate that. Trying to make it relatable to the kids these days. That's cool. I always try. If you want to play an old school, here's my tagline. If you want to play an old school RPG from the PS2 era, that's kind of like a Dark Souls Elden Ring game. (laughs) Here it is. All right. Romancing Saga. I don't know. I'm going to keep playing it because it's not like it's... um, I guess it is difficult sometimes, but you can just pick a different character. You can uh, muck about. You can kind of do whatever you want. And I I do kind of like it at times that I can go wherever I want. So I will come back to this uh, at a later episode. 
All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. That was Romancing Saga Minstrel Song. All right. Um, so, boy, I this next game I'm going to be talking about is called The Night Witch. And it's night as in K-N-I-G-H-T, The Night Witch. Um, I, this is a one that I'm struggling with. Um, and it's kind of got a little extra backstory to it. Let me give you just the rundown first. This is a 2D hand-drawn game, which is beautiful. I love the art. The art is fantastic. Animation is great. Uh, you play a a witch who has a little armor on her and stuff. She's the night witch. Uh, but she flies around, and she, it kind of controls like a shooter, like a side-scrolling shooter. But you, there's also like a town. There's also a little bit of Metroidvania thrown into it, but it's also kind of like an actual shooter shooter where you fly around and shoot guys with your magic uh, bullets and stuff. You have little spells. So it's kind of a mashup of several different genres, and I think it all works really well. I like it. I think it's great. Um, I love when mashups come together as well as this one does, and I think this is great. It's got a cool premise. Um, there's a whole, like, backstory. There's a whole world and stuff. There's people to talk to, and there's a little village, and, you know, it, it's a blend of different environments. I think it's really great and very notable in that it's trying something different. Oh, a butt's coming for sure. There is definitely a butt coming. And so I'm wondering here, if it has to do with the card game, because you didn't mention that, but it seems like there's a card element, too. Um, there are some cards that have to do with your spells. I didn't mess with that too much. In oh, fact, okay. I didn't play this game for too long, uh, even though I think it's awesome and I like it, and I'll tell you exactly why, is because of the controls. Uh, because... So the developers of this game did not give you any remap options and they did they only gave you one control scheme. And what happens was they want you to use the fire button to be the right bumper. I'm playing this on Xbox, by the way. They want you to use the right bumper. And when you're flying around, you're constantly putting pressure on the right bumper. And I don't know about you, Carlos, but for me, that is hard to maintain. It it, it puts a lot of strain on my hand in a way that's not usually strained. Mm. And I feel like that's why most games usually put the right bumper as something you're only going to do once in a while. Um, or even like, for example, in a game like Elden Ring, where that is your main attack, but you're not holding it down constantly for the length of a stage. Like, yeah. You're, Attack, attack. Even the little couple seconds or so when you push the button to let go of the button gives your finger like a little micro break and then your muscles can recover. But like if you're holding that button down with an extended finger for a long time, the fatigue sets in really quickly. And I noticed that right away. Like I got done with the first stage and by the end of the very first stage, I was like, oh man, my hand is already kind of hurting a little bit. So I went to the options. I'm like, okay, I got to change this around. And to be frank, and to be brutally frank, um, I could already, within five minutes, I could think of like maybe two or three different control configurations that would be as good, if not better, than what the developers came up with. I don't know why they chose this. I mean, I kind of get it because they want you to sometimes aim with the right stick. And so they wanted your, you, they wanted you to be able to shoot and aim at the same time. But I feel like that was a mistake because, number one, the game has a great auto-fire system where if you just hold the button down, it does a really good job of just auto-targeting. So you really, it's kind of fire and forget, which is nice. Um, if you do want to aim intentionally, they could have mapped shoot to the right stick, as so many other shooters do, where all you got to do is point the stick. Mm-hmm. And pointing a stick with your thumb is way less taxing than it is holding your index finger down on the bumper yeah that's gotta be a face button or something at least yeah i was at the a button is completely unused during battle it could have been an a button but then they want oh excuse me pardon me uh that's something very important i need to remind my uh, kid about and i am not going to remind him because i'm on this podcast anyway um so there's i i came up with a couple just in my head just kind of spitballing a couple different control schemes that would work better that would be less taxing on the hands and that's really that's really my only complaint Mm. is that it hurts to play this game for too long and i'm just really 
scratching my head as to why they chose this and didn't offer any options. So here's what happened. Um, other than that, I think this game is great. I think it's interesting. I think it's well put together. I think it's beautiful. It's a cool mashup of elements. But just the controls, I personally find them very painful for extended play. Wait, but you so couldn't tweet- change it then? You cannot change it. You okay. cannot change it. So I tweeted the developer and I'm like, hey, yo, um, I think your game is great, but I think you really missed a trick by not offering any options here. And they got back to me like immediately, like they must have been like on Twitter at that time. We had a little conversation. They were very nice. And they were like, you know, we didn't we didn't add that, but we'll take the feedback in. And I'm like, OK, cool. But like this is a really cool game. And I feel like you're you know, you did all this work and, you know, so much heart and soul must have gone into this. I would hate for you guys to have this problem. Right. It's such a fixable problem. And they're like, well, the game is selling like nothing at all. We sold like no copies. And I'm like, okay, cool. But number one, your game just came out like three or four days ago. Um, By the time we're recording, I think it came out five days ago. So it's brand new. It's a brand new game. Um, It's not getting a big PR push. And if I was talking about it right now, I mean, you've just heard me. I had nothing but good things to say about it, Mm -hmm. except we're having this whole discussion about how it hurts to play. So it's like this would be a much easier sell if they had taken the time to to add in those options. I don't know how much work that was. I don't know how big their team is. I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm certainly not saying the lazy developer thing. I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm not trying to be insulting in any way, but the reality is it is physically painful to play this game. And yet this is a great game that I would really enjoy playing. I really want to play more of this game, but I can't because my hand hurts. Yeah. And that is a, a not a good reason to not play this game. So they said that because the game is not selling well, even though it's only been out for a week, I mean, give it some time, you know, long tail, we can get some word of mouth going. Even though it has not sold well, they're thinking that they may not even go back and update it at all, which I think would be a huge mistake. I would really strongly encourage these developers to put a little bit more time into it. Put in just like that final push. Get that control in there, and then people like me will be able to recommend this game wholeheartedly. I would be very happy to play through this game. I'd be very happy to give it a big push on the show and elsewhere on Twitter, on Game Critics, whatever. But I can't because I feel like it's not really playable in the sense that it needs to be. Um, but that's something so fixable, dude. It's so easy to fix. That's not a big problem. I see games with like fucked up difficulty curves, mechanics that don't work, graphics that just clip through shit and problems. I mean, there's all sorts of like big, big, big problems. Yeah. This is not a big problem. I'm not a developer, but this is not a big problem. Let me just, um, put a, a caveat there or an asterisk and say, I think some of that is just comes down to, again, being, because uh, I used to be embedded in uh, developers and, yeah, and yeah. work with publishers, is that that's not sometimes the developer's call. So like developer might be like, okay, you're off that game. Like the the you know the the higher ups, sure, sure. Why they don't? Why they can't put more time? Into right. It or, or like the yeah. publisher, like somebody who's like fronting the money is like, yeah. hey, you're not doing this. And I think that's probably it. Like that sounds like when you get that kind of response, like, well, it's not selling well. We might not go back to it. It's because somebody above them is saying like we don't want you to go back to it. I, it's just my idea. No, I mean, that's that's a that's a, that's a a great viewpoint. I, I have no idea if that's what's going on, but that, I mean, that would make sense too because right. I just I look at this game and you can feel the love. You can feel that they gave a shit about this game. You can tell that they wanted to make this game. It does not feel like a product. It feels like somebody's passion project, right? And I would hate to see that just go by the wayside because the controls are messed up. Um, you can fix that, right? And I just, I feel really bad for them. So... Hopefully they will be able to fix it. And but also, also side note, this game came out less than a week ago, and it seems like they're already writing it off as a failure. Like what? Like this game? Okay, like obviously I'm not a developer, I'm not a publisher, I'm just an editor and a reviewer. But like that seems insane to me that this game has not even been out for seven days, and you're already writing it off like it's dead. Like, dude, yeah, you guys probably put in like two years on this game, and you're going to give it less than a week to find its feet. 
November 29th that, it came out. So that is crazy. Okay, so five days. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Um. I I just I can't imagine working on something for so long and giving up on it so fast. And again, I'm not I'm not trying to be insulting. I'm not trying to be demeaning. I'm, I'm certainly not saying that they, like you said, maybe they don't have a choice, right? Maybe maybe they want to keep working and they can't. I don't know, but it just seems crazy to me that this this great game, otherwise great game, um, has this problem that's so fixable and it may not ever get fixed and this game might just vanish okay okay it's let's crazy. fix it no no no. let's not that's a negative thing here's a positive ending ready yes. positive ending is there's a demo out right now for free okay? okay especially on steam which a lot of our listeners are on pc so i'm just looking at it right now the home page i'm going to download the demo tonight um it might have slightly different controls on pc i'm wondering i'm sure i'm sure it's got different right controls, because yes, obviously yes. it's controller support if the controller support is the same issue that you're having then that's a problem but if you can use other, you're a mouse keyboard or something like that. Um, so that's a thing. And let's just have people check it out because also it's affordable. It's like 17 bucks or something or 15 bucks on different platforms. Yeah. Um, let's have people check it out. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's maybe a great idea. We'll, you know, get them to change it because yeah, people I, are buying, yeah. checking, buying it. Good, good tech. I appreciate that you did that because, I mean, this is one of those games where I feel like it totally deserves to find some success. It des- I'm, I'm sure they would find an audience if people found it. Um, and I, I would love to be able to give it a wholehearted uh, recommendation. But yeah, check it out on Steam. Check it out. I'm playing it on Xbox. You can check it out anywhere. I think it's on all the platforms, I'm pretty sure. I think it's so on at least check it out. Too. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's on everything. So check it out. I bet if you listen to this podcast, you're probably going to like this game. And I'm just begging the developers if they've got any say whatsoever, or maybe the publisher or whoever, dude, just give them whatever money it takes and just get that control thing fixed. And this is this is a winner, man. This is a really cool indie. I dig it. And the art style, by the way, is really cool. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's super cool. And yeah, Night Rich uh, on PS4. So it's up there as well. So check it out. Yeah, check it out. Please check it out. Okay. Back to you, Carlos. Soccer Story. This came out just recently from publisher No More Robots. I love them. Uh, I think they got really good taste in their game selection. So I'm excited to hear about this one. Oh, I'll say this to start off for our uh, listeners in Espanol. Me encanta. Oh, good. Excellent. Yay. Yay. Definitely love it. Um, yeah, this is such a relaxing, awesome surprise. Um, I've played a lot of the games like Golf Story, Tennis oh, yeah. Story. Oh, yeah. You know, this is not the same developer. It's a totally different thing. But at the same time, it has a lot of the same types of uh, feel, which is that you're a little character, pixel graphics in a world where you're going to go do one thing, whether it be a sport of some sort, but it's also an RPG. And there's all these side missions and there's a story. So, you know, that's kind of what it is. Um, but I wanted to read this uh, intro that they have on their webpage. Um, yeah, so it's been a year since the calamity tore apart the very foundations <laughs> yes. of soccer as we know it. <laughs> and since then, Soccer Inc. has made dang well sure that not a soul has been allowed to even look at a soccer ball, let alone kick it. Hold on, this continues. Soccer may have been banned across the world, but now there is hope. A magical soccer ball has chosen you, our savior of soccer. Soccer Story is a physics-driven adventure RPG where every problem can be solved with your trusty magic ball. I thought that was a great way to explain it really quickly. So this is a post-apocalyptic soccer adventure? Yeah, because the beginning of the game, like, a bad thing happens from playing soccer. Like, you play in a match. It was very remember, uh, what's it, Curse Golf, you know? Yeah, or Curse to Golf. Golf. Yeah. yeah. yeah same. So, yeah. like, there's a big match, and you play as one of the soccer people. You're learning how to do soccer uh, with your controls. And then you would score a goal, like, a calamity happens. Like, it seems like 
uh, a chunk of the world gets brought up into space or into the sky and you don't really understand what's happening but a bunch of people like leave and like there's nobody left in the stadiums and it seems dark and then now it's you as a kid and you're like oh yeah we don't talk about soccer anymore after the travesty (laughs) um so it's really interesting that start and again kind of rpg vibes of like something bad or nefarious happened but what makes this game so relaxing and great and fucking great is like they said physics driven adventure so you find the soccer ball at some point which is again uh, illegal essentially everybody's like don't play soccer don't play soccer and then when you have it it's such a cool mechanic where you basically just hit triangle or whatever you know button that you're mapped to and you bring out the ball when you want to have it and then you do like physics stuff right like hold it hold the power longer to hit it farther or whatever aim and stuff like that but then when you don't want it anymore you hit triangle again or any button and it goes away so it's really cool to just have that ball whenever you want but you're not like annoyed by like going to chase it so let me get this straight so okay so is so number one is there like just regular soccer in this like is that how you do your battles or something but then there's also like an overworld where you kind of just do an RPG like Zelda well, type yeah. stuff. I was or? gonna get to it. The story okay, part, okay. yeah. But I just wanted to pre- pre- put it out there that the magic physics ball. of it is really Got fun. It. The magic ball is really fun. So okay. you start the story, you know, very traditional RPG where you're home and uh, you know your mom's like, "Don't go out" or whatever. You know, blah blah. blah. I'm not gonna listen to you, mom. Anyways, and then uh, <laughs> you find the soccer ball. You're you're talking to people around the town. You're doing little side missions, and all the side missions are like just as fun as anything else. Um, to answer your question, there's later on, there's soccer matches that you can get into, okay. but in general, me personally, just having the most fun with like doing all the side missions. Cause here's an example. You go to like an area, uh, in town and there's all these people like NPCs there and each one or lots of them have like side missions. One of them is like this old guy in the, uh, you know, just in the park somewhere. And he's like, Hey, I, I painted all these, uh, fake, uh, like soccer goals all around the park. And, you know, if you hit your ball into them, I'll give you something after you do them all, you know. And then the other one's like, there's trash cans all like uh, on their sides. If you hit the soccer ball into the trash cans, you'll clean up the park or something. Those all sound like, you know, just whatever. But because the physics are fun to use, it's just like really relaxing to just go around and do all these side missions. So you're going around this like world and this is like a top down sort of a 16 bit thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Like three. So you're going around. Okay, gotcha. So you're going around the world and you're solving problems with your magic soccer ball. Yeah. Whether it's cleaning up a park or, I mean, I'm sure at some point you probably find like a lost puppy or something, I would guess. I didn't find or, one yet, but yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that seems kind of fun. Like I love, I love these kind of like applications of something that you wouldn't normally think. And, you know, like soccer, you're thinking just a sports game, but it sounds like you've got a whole world to explore and you're helping people with the power of your feet and stuff. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's really about also like quirky comedy too. And the characters you meet and upgrades, right? Cause you're always upgrading the power of the, how you can hit, hit the ball, like how high you can hit it, like the angle and stuff like that. Um, there's like targets all over the world because of course. Uh, and so you can like hit random targets to get coins. So you're always like collecting things. Um, and there's like some story elements too. And yeah, you're just kind of like upgrading and doing these side missions, and then there's like bigger games and stuff like that. But for me, it's really about the fun of just going around the world and doing little physics-driven puzzle stuff. Um, it's super relaxing. It like lowered my blood pressure immediately. <laughs> just like, it has health the I health benefits good. of playing soccer story. Yes, that should be the tagline. Soccer story. It has health benefits. Um, I mean, this sounds really fun, dude. It kind of reminds, like you said, like it kind of reminds me of uh, 
was it golf golf story or some of those other ones i mean like would you recommend it to people who enjoyed something like golf story yeah 100% i think that some of those other story you know or sports story games felt i don't know was it difficult or something this is doing differently than those we should look up the developer i, f- I forgot um maybe you can for me um of, of soccer story soccer story who whatever they're doing they're doing different than those other ones because i feel like this one's just done more in a carefree relaxed attitude where even though and also has more of i think a fun fantasy story about like something that's outlawed and you're doing it anyway um I like the setup better, and I like the execution better. Then I think footloose, footloose energy there. Yes, uh, P- Panic Barn is the developer. Wow, see, I think they're brand new or something. I've never heard of them. Panic. They Barn. have looks like at least three other games out already. Not tonight two is probably their biggest one. Not tonight, and Tiki Taka Soccer. Okay, so yeah, I don't know. I just think they did the physics well. I think they did the relaxing gameplay well. I recommend it wholeheartedly. I mean, it's on Game Pass right now as well. Um, which is a place that you can play games. Best place to play games. It's a place. It definitely is. And I play. You can play them. Soccer Story, and this game's awesome. It is true. So I say, check it out. I call it comfort food. And I love comfort food. Yeah. So it's very good, very relaxing, and I'm still playing it. Excellent. Well, sounds like a winner. It is. Check it out. That's check it. Check it out. Soccer Story on uh, Game Pass, and I'm sure everywhere else, I would imagine. Yep. Uh, okay, great, great. All right, let me talk about a puzzle game. Uh, you may remember this one. It got a little bit of buzz when it showed up in, I feel like it was one of the Nintendo Directs from like a while ago. It's called A Little to the Left. Um, this is a, uh, what is it? I don't know. It's like a puzzle game. I guess it's mostly a puzzle game. It's also kind of an organization game. I think it hit pretty soon after, um, what was that? Unpacking is, is the one that everybody got really liked a lot, right? Where the, you were packing the boxes or unpacking the boxes. Oh, unpacking. Away in the home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unpacking. Yeah. Um, I believe this came kind of after that when people were kind of really into organization games and, and cleanup games. Um, Wilmot's Warehouse is not exactly the same thing, but kind of in the same basket, generally, conceptually. Uh, but this is more of a straight up kind of puzzle game. Uh, when the developers talked about it on their video... It was really charming. I want to say it was like a husband and wife team. I could be wrong, but it was like a like a small person team, two person team, uh, plus their cat. And the cat kind of like plays a role in the game as well. Uh, there's no story to the game, which I think is a bummer because I was kind of expecting this one to have at least a little bit of story. But you just start the game and there's like minimal, minimal instruction. Like they don't really tell you anything. They're just you just get thrown into it and go. Um, and they give you a bunch of stuff and then you just have to figure out what to do with it. So, for example, in one of the first puzzles, it's like you see uh, pictures that are hanging up on a wall. And this is like pixel art, like it's real, real cute, mm-hmm. uh, appealing pixel art. And the pictures are crooked. And then you take your, I'm on I'm playing on Switch. So you take your cursor, or I guess I didn't realize this, but you can use the touch screen, which is weird because I never touch the screen on the Switch because like not every game uses it. And I don't think of oh, it. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's like I just forget that you can even touch the screen. And, and they didn't say anything about touch screen. And it didn't occur to me, but I read about it afterwards. And I'm like, oh. I didn't even think to touch the screen because I just don't do that anymore. But anyway, um, use the cursor and like you straighten the pictures. And when you straighten the pictures, you've like solved the puzzle. And they start, some of them are really uh, easy like that. Uh, there's one where you get uh, a series of post-its, uh, like eight or nine post-its. And on the post-it is like a line. Somebody has scribbled a line and it like does loops, looks like cursive or something. And you need to, it doesn't tell you this, but you got to figure out 
oh, okay, well, I guess I probably got to make the line match up. And so I'm putting the post-its in the right order. Mm. I move them around. And then once the line matches up, then it, you know, oh, I did it. Yay. Um, which is fine, which is which is cool and fine. Um, but a couple things. So number one, no story, which is a bummer. I really wish I was like cleaning someone's house or uh, I don't know, life was happening or something like some kind of story being told. I didn't detect any story being told. It seems just like stuff happening. Uh, number two, some of the puzzles, I don't quite understand what's going on. Um, so they're not all as, as obvious as the ones I just told you. Like there's sometimes where I'm just like, I, I, I think I'm supposed to like, there's these books, you get a, um, a series of books that are on a shelf and they have art on the spine of the book. Like the books are in the shelf. Right. And so you see these curves and you're like, okay, well I probably got to make the curves match up so that there's a design going between all the books. And I tried for like a long time. And it didn't work and it didn't work. And there's a hint system, which is great. So I checked the hint system and the answer to the hint system was something I was absolutely not even remotely trying to do. And I'm like, oh, I what? Mm. That didn't make any sense to me. And when I solved it, I'm like, that wasn't satisfying because that's not what I was trying to do. I had completely the wrong idea about what was going on. Um, so that came up a couple times and that was kind of frustrating. I will also say that. The controls, um, again, I didn't try the touchscreen because I didn't realize you could touch it, but the controls on the cursor sometimes are fine and sometimes they are maddeningly uh, imprecise. Uh, there's a there's multiple times when I was trying to solve a puzzle and I wanted the, the items in the puzzle to snap to grid. And you know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I want to touch the thing and I want to, if I get close enough, I want the game to just put it where it goes because it's a pain in the ass to try to navigate really, really specifically especially with the the switch um joy cons are they're ass dude they're they're good for just general stuff but when you try to get like real specific they suck so hard and i got to this one puzzle where well i guess in retrospect maybe i wasn't trying to solve it right but you get these sheets of paper and there's like eight sheets of paper biggest small and i'm like oh okay well clearly i need to put them in size order and trying to line them up with the fucking joy con i was about to throw my switch out the window because I just couldn't, they were all cockeyed and I couldn't make them straight. And I think that they needed to be straight. And I just, I couldn't do it. And I'm like, okay, this is really frustrating. And all I'm doing is just like fucking with the controls. So I feel like the controls could be tightened up a little bit. Although to be fair, again, I forgot about the touch controls. Didn't know about it, but you didn't tell me either. So I guess that's kind of on you. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, I feel like they're so close to having a very cool game here, but it just feels like not enough. Like I feel like my brain wasn't quite on the wavelength of some of the puzzles the controls using the joy cons were not sometimes they were fine. Sometimes they were not fine. And just like, I just, you know, I just didn't quite get some of it. And I just wish there was something to push me along every yeah. couple of levels, a nice little cutscene between, between partners or a little child or something, or I don't know, just a little bit just to kind of glue it all together. So, um, I, I think that if you like the organization stuff or if you like quirky puzzles or unusual puzzles, it might appeal to you. Um, uh, but I gotta be honest. I noped out, probably pretty quickly i think i noped out maybe after like half an hour or an hour because i just was getting my frustration was too high for this like when i'm playing something like this i want to have fun and, and challenge is okay but not this kind of frustration it wasn't yeah. you know it wasn't the right kind of frustration and so i noped out i think what you're saying is really important and i heard throughout that whole review which is you know and it's maybe specific to both of you and i but to have a story can push any game along Absolutely. And yes. then you're like, oh, I have a real reason to figure out these post-it notes. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. But because I don't even care about the post-it notes or don't understand what I'm supposed to do. Um, that said, to play devil's advocate to myself, um, 
I love the uh, self devil advocate. Yes. Yeah, self devil devil's advocate for podcasting. That might be the title. Yeah, maybe. Um, to play Picross is just to play Picross, right? Like, I need no story there. So there's like there's certain games that are just about mechanics that are just fun, or like I mean, I think yeah, solving. you're right, dude. You're absolutely right, and I think that's really the issue here is because with with Picross or whatever, just the act of playing that game. Speaking of which, I need to play some more Picross. Thank I you. I know. For so do me. I. Yeah. Um, speak if just playing Picross is fun enough in and of itself, and so you don't need a story. But in a game like this, where the puzzles are very different, some of these puzzles were fun, some were not really that fun. Having, like you said, having that story to kind of push you along would would give me motivation to power through the ones that I don't like so much. It's not. I don't feel like this game is good enough mechanically. Yeah, it's not like on a Picross level where you want to play it just to play it. And I feel like they kind of missed a trick there, which is a shame, um, especially because once in a while. The cat that I mentioned at the beginning of the segment will show up. He'll show up and he'll his paw or, or her paw or whoever will come in from off screen and mess up what you're doing, which oh, that's funny. number one, fuck cats, because that sucks. <laughs> but number two, it's funny. Um, and but but how does it come in? I, I don't know. It just shows up once in a while. There's no you're not feeding the cat. There's no cat story as far as I can tell. So yeah. there's like elements here that I feel like just aren't developed enough, which is a shame because I think they're close to having a winner, but I feel like it didn't quite get there for me. All right. Dun, 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 dun. Also, uh, is it Picross or Picross? I've heard both. I say Picross, but I've heard people say Picross as I well. I think I say Picross. All right. All right. That is a little to the left. I was playing it on Switch. Over to you, Carlos, for Chained Echoes. Is that the whole title? Am I getting the right? Chained Echoes? Chained Echoes, yeah. Pretty excited okay. to talk about this. Uh, hold on. Well, let me get my Spanish. Uh, hold on. Re- Realmente me encanta. Okay, means I good. Just, I really love it. Um, yeah, I like this probably the best out of the whole show. Um, I'll tell you why. What is this game? Uh, very excited because it's in RPG, old school style, 16-bit RPG. Okay. And, you know, turn-based, got all that out of the way. You know what the game is, probably, at this point. Uh, really cool, colorful graphic graphics or whatever. But why I'm really excited about it is a couple things. One, it's one guy who made it. Uh, Matthias Linda, and he worked on it for seven years. Dude. Bro. So commitment there. Uh, two, it's definitely basically like a love letter to all these RPGs, which you hear a lot of times in marketing. I oh, hate, yeah, that's I, a common phrase. It is, but I hate it almost at this point, right? Because it's like I play those games. We play all those games. And after we hear that, we're like, oh, yeah, maybe there's going to be something that's like nostalgic or whatever. But and this is an interesting tangent. It is, but a lot of times it's just cookie cutter. And you're like, yeah, I don't know. Like, remember Kemco, that company, that publisher, Kem- Kep- oh, Kem- Kekmo do, or whatever? Do you, Kemco? Kemco yeah, or something. They make a million of the same RPG. Yes. And you're like, okay, I get it. Like, I, I don't think that's a love letter. I think that's just like the same game, right? This is, in my opinion, more the actual marketing term love letter. Because it starts, and I'm, I'll tell you a miniature spoiler. It starts with the thing I said earlier about soccer story where like you're at home and bed and there's your mom's there and like telling you to get up or whatever. That's like every RPG. I know. Right. Wait, hold on. Watch. Here's why it's a love letter. So your mom's like telling you like do something and you're like, what are you talking about? I don't know. What do you mean? Or whatever. And she's like, wake up, you know? And he's, he's like, what do you mean? Wake up. I am awake. So she slaps him and it does a really cool slap sound and it goes to credits and it comes back, and you're not with your mom. You're on a, a ship somewhere. So it's like a joke. 
right? That's weird. It's like a yes. little interlude joke about like, hey, he gets it. RPGs right. usually start with your mom waking you up or whatever and yes. telling you to go do something. And so he's like, just in one quick scene, he's like, yeah, it's not that, right? Like, this is not that game. But we get that, you know? And I think that's just what happens when you have a singular vision. Like, it's like, there's all these little fun things like that that happen, I think, in the opening sequence um, that are just really good. Also, and why it's also another kind of love letter or the fact that it's done really well, every little thing that I would nitpick about an old school RPG, it's just done right. First, there's no random encounters. So you just see, oh, okay. you see the enemy, you can fight it, right? That's it. Uh, two, the minute you start the game, when you're running around, there's no run button. You just run fast. And as you know, all us old school RPGers, just let me run fast. Yeah, I don't need the thumb strain. Just let me run fast because you're going to do it anyway. You're going to do it anyway. So immediately I was like, okay, I can run fast. I don't have to push a button. And then picking up things, you know, like chest just makes sense. Like thing glimmer, you know what to pick up. Um, NPCs are all, they all had kind of like interesting, funny humor, which I thought was fun too. I didn't have to talk to them, but I wanted to. And then in the very beginning, you get into a Gundam suit. I'm oh, like, wow. you're like telling me all the things I want to do. Like, you speak my language, buddy. Yeah. Um, and that was all just the opening sequence. Like, you you know, do a lot of combat. You learn about it. And here's the the best reason. It's all those things. But then the one of the newer things I've never seen in a game, I don't think ever, and I didn't know if I would like it, but I love it. It's a combat meter, which means while you're doing turn-based combat, you and you and your party... Uh, you do attacks and you move from left to right on this meter, okay? And envision a golf meter, like in the golf games. Like a swing meter, like an yeah. energy meter? Now, you're not swinging, but that's the kind of meter. But it goes back and forth? Or is no, it like no, no, no. It just timeline? goes all left to right, okay? okay? And so from the beginning, it's nothing. And then like there's little brackets of color. And the middle is the green zone, which you want to be in. You want to be in that zone. And if you get in that zone, and I'll explain how you get there, you get like bonuses, like bonus to attack and like you take oh, less okay. damage, okay? Gotcha, gotcha. If it keeps going to the right, it goes in this little red zone. The red zone means you take more damage and you your attacks don't do as much and you don't want to be in that zone. It, it's called overheating. Like okay. you're really like, you're, you're amped up, but too much. Gotcha. Um, so what happens is it always goes left and to the right no matter what move you do. And... So you get to the green zone and then you keep going and you're going to inevitably go in the red zone if you don't do something. Certain moves you do counteract it and push you back to the left. So those moves might not be like the strongest attack because that would make you overheat. Oh, okay. So wait a minute. Wait, let me let me clarify. So yeah. if I understand you correctly, um, it, it's cumulative over time. So like if you do too many, I, I don't know what big moves, it pushes your cursor too far to the right so you got to do like these cooldown moves to bring it back yep exactly is what you're saying yeah it okay, always gotcha. goes to the right like it no gotcha. whatever you do it goes to the right unless i think i potions or items that maybe don't do it but you, you know? got a way to like to, to get yourself out of the red you zone, do right? and they're not always negative like the one i did last night was like um some water spell or something that wasn't huge you know uh, or a healing thing or something and it pushed me back to the left and another genius thing you can see where it's going to push it before you do the move Oh, so you know ahead of time whether you want to commit to that move or not. Yeah, and you're like, you know, oh, okay. I do want to go overheat because fuck it, we got to beat this guy. Or I want to go back and get into the zone. It's so, it makes basically these kind of games, again, back to the love letter part of it, uh, replayable, not replayable, um, continually playable because you're doing tons of encounters in these RPGs for 40 hours or whatever, right? 
This right. makes that part fun. Like it doesn't make it just about you know the mechanics of or just a grind. It's more than a grind. It's right? more it's than more a active. grind. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, it time went by like hours went by last night because I was like, I just want to keep doing this puzzle of like a golf game. You know, I really think the golf analogy is right because it's like, how do I get it in the perfect zone? Gotcha. Um, which I would say is a lot of fun. Of, of the fun part about golf, so like games. a little micro. You're kind of like meta gaming the game system where you're yeah. you're, you're fighting, but you're also calculating this battle meter. Then yeah. Okay. Also, it's just just the, the graphics are great. Um, it's it's just really fun. There's definitely some good humor, uh, which is kind of hard to do in RPGs. And yeah, I mean, I'm just all in. I, I basically put it on pause only because. Ease eight needs to go down. Oh my god! Yes, finish that up. And it's so close. <laughs> so I literally did like a couple hours of uh, chain decos, and I'm very excited for it. So I'm just going to beat Ease eight, and then I'm going to come back, and this is going to be my main RPG. I'm going to mainline it. Uh, I can't speak highly enough of it. I mean, again, one person's ridiculous, and it's just really good. And there's there's mechs at times. I guess it's crazy. You know, I'm glad you brought this to the show because. You know, speaking about the love letter thing and how, like, like, what does that mean? Like, what is an homage? What is copying? What is, uh, you know, a tribute, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I find that so many times these days, um, you know, again, because I'm the editor of a game's website, uh, we get so many pitches for games, like, like 20, 30, 40, every single day, every single day, somebody out there has got a game. And a lot of them, we just, we're never gonna have time for. And I have to really look at these and decide what's worth time and what's not. And a lot of these games that we get are just, um, they don't add anything to an existing formula, I guess is a kind way of saying it, where, where someone will be like, yeah, man, I grew up playing, uh, 16-bit RPGs and I wanted to do that. I'm like, okay, cool. But then they they stay so close to the formula that like what are you bringing to it like right, why did you exactly why did you do this exact same thing that we already did twenty years ago without adding enough quality of life or without adding updates or without taking the current game development um, field in mind like it's nice to give something an homage or whatever but like when I when I see people who are like oh you like old school Resident Evil. This is just like that with all the shitty parts too. Just like back in the day, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. bro, no, you lost me, man. Tank like, controls, and you can't move well. And you got to go back to the item item room to save, and you can only hold like four items. And you got to go, like, dude, like you missed the point. Like, we had those limits because of technology back in the day. So, like, I I like seeing people take what they enjoy from a genre, but then keep it real. Like, know that like things have advanced since then. Like, I don't know anybody who thinks the shitty part of a game is the best part of a game. Like, you like the story or you like the graphics or you like the adventure you don't like fucking with your inventory you don't like slow walking because the 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 little sad hamster chip couldn't process in the nes or whatever like you know you don't like those parts and when people stick to those parts it's really frustrating to me and i'll just and full disclosure like those never get covered at game critics i'm like hell no we're not wasting time on these yeah but this sounds uh chain echoes like from what you're describing sounds like exactly the right way to go where you know something you like is an old form that's fine take that old form but then do it right and it seems like this guy what was his name you said his name was oh matthias um matthias linda yeah yeah it sounds like he he understands what's going on he gets it where you take the thing that's good but then you make it better by taking away all the shit that was bad you don't keep the bad shit you got to get rid of the bad shit and it sounds like he's doing a great job of that yeah i mean that's down to the like i said the controls immediately feel good um, you know, battles don't take too long. Um, yeah, yeah, it's all those small things that add up, you know, and it's just, yeah, super addictive. Oh, something simple I just saw in, in the trailer 
Uh, and there are mechs even further in the game, so it's not just the beginning. There's actually a mech that you get in and do battle that way. But, like, you know, you see, like, um, you're on the overworld and you see, like, a gap and you're trying to cross it, you know? Yeah. In, in this game, you just jump it. That's it. And in, like, old school games, like you just said, it would be annoying because I'd have to go figure out how to get over there. Yes. I'd be like, oh, I got to go to the thing and go into the dungeon or something, you know? You got to do fucking side quests and get somebody to get three planks and you talk to the guy to get the rope and you make the fucking bridge when you yeah. can just push a button and go over it. And this one, I, you don't even push a button. You just push. You're just going to, I just jumped just it. Just go. Yeah. Just and go. I was like, okay, this is everything cool. effortless, you know? And so, yeah, add that together with mechs and doing RPG, you know, mechanics and that. It's just a high recommend for me. I mean, this sounds like a winner all the way across. I don't even like RPGs, and you're kind of getting me fired up for this one. So you're doing a great job of selling it. This sounds well. This sounds great. That he did a good job of making it. I think that's the real thing, and that sells itself. So I will play it as soon as I beat Ease Eight. I'm gonna go back to it and finish this damn game. Right on, right on. Okay, that was Chained Echoes. You're playing it where? Um, PlayStation. Am I? Yes, PlayStation. It's a place you can play games. I think it's probably on all the other consoles as well. I'm pretty sure I saw it on Steam. Oh, yeah, Steam I'm looking at it on Steam as well, yeah. But, Steam, yeah. yeah, okay. You probably find it. Here. Wait, okay. let's see it. Wait, hold on. Like if I said, <clears throat> like we started the show, let's see if it's on Xbox. Go for it. Because that's a perfect example. Well, because I hope it's not. I hope it's not just because that would prove my point of the exclusives don't have to be uh, the big games like God of War. I don't see it on Xbox. I have no idea. Updated. Could be, could be. Coming soon. I think it might be coming soon. So if I if I type in Chain Echoes Xbox and it doesn't show up, I don't think it's um, there. Hold on, it says Game Pass. Okay. JRPG Chain Echoes coming day one to Game Pass on December eighth. To oh, because I playing it, I'm playing it early. Yes, that's yes, right. You are okay. Because wait a minute, shit. Is there an embargo? Well, there? if there's an embargo, we'll just uh, hold the episode until we can talk about it. Okay, I, so that's why. So yes, Game Pass, great, perfect place to play game. The best place uh, to I play games because you can play. I didn't prove my point. You can play Chain Echoes. Now I got to check that embargo because it's coming both. To. It's coming to both PlayStation, Switch, Steam. It's coming to everything. Um, but it is coming to Game Pass on December eighth, which is just a, not a few, only a four or five days from now. Uh, four days from now, yes. Yep. Publisher Deck Thirteen's putting. Remind out. me to check the embargo before we publish this fucking show. Okay. Yeah, ah, okay. I'm glad I brought it up. But anyways, uh, you'll be able to play it a lot of places. Go check it out. Okay, cool. Um, all right, last game of the show. Now, at the beginning of every show, Carlos, you know this. We have our little catchphrase. This is the So Video Games podcast where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. And today, uh, I know we usually talk about new stuff. We do a real good job of keeping up with the new stuff. But sometimes you don't want to play something new. And I that was kind of that was kind of me this week. I had a pretty busy week. I had a pretty crazy week. I had a lot of real life stuff going on. I had, had a couple gigs I had to take care of. I had some life stuff happening. Um, and I just wasn't in the headspace to take on some new big thing. Like I just, I just, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know how you feel, man. But sometimes I just feel like, okay, I'm feeling kind of stretched thin this week. I, I don't, I want a game to be fun. I don't want to have to work too hard. I don't want to, you know, exert myself sometimes. Sometimes I just want to relax. Yep. And sometimes I go to games for that. And that was that was me this week. I'm not always like that. Um, but this week, I'm like, I just I had a stack of new games to play. I have no sh- no shortage whatsoever. I've got more games than I could ever play. And I've got I've got stuff lined up for episodes upon episodes. So there's no reason for me 
to not have anything to play but i just i was struggling man like every new thing i played i'm like no i'm tired i don't want to start something new i can't so i was looking around at some at my my backlog right and just random stuff that i've got in my backlog and i'm like you know what i really want to what i really want to play this week is fucking hades that's what i want to play this week. oh interesting uh, i played it when it dropped back in the day it comes from super giant games and greg uh, i never noticed his name is it Casavin or Casavin? i'm not sure how to say it do you know how yes Okay. Greg is a nice guy. He has always been really, really good to game critics. Um, I've gotten many nice emails from Greg, and he's a good guy. And Supergiant, uh, I don't always like all their games, but I absolutely respect how they make their games, and I respect what they do. I think that they pour themselves into every single game, and I, even if I don't like them, and I like most of them, but I don't like all. But even if I don't, I respect what they're doing, and I think they do good stuff over there. But Hades... Uh, pretty much acknowledged as an all around the board, top to bottom, front to back, uh, runaway hit for the series, uh, for the studio. And I, I think deservedly so. Um, you, have you played Hades? You must have played Hades. I Carlos. did. Yeah. Greg Kassavin. Um, he used to work at GameSpot, I believe. He did. Yeah, yeah. I believe that's where he was from. Yeah. And it's an awesome game. It's fun. The colors and the graphics are great. I'm not the biggest fan. I don't know what happened. I don't know. It didn't catch me, but um again it's probably part of that like diet over but over and over again a bunch you know well but, see it's funny you say that dude it's funny you say that because i am mr fucking roguelike you know that everybody knows yes. that. i play all the fucking roguelikes right and this came out and it was like universal acclaim everybody and their brother was like oh my god this is the best roguelike ever they've redefined roguelikes and i think they have in a way uh, i think that's i think it's valid um but i just it just didn't click with me i just wasn't in the mood my head wasn't in the right space. I just, for whatever it was, I was like, I just, I'm not grooving on this one. Um, I think part of it, honestly, was like, I don't think that I was in the mood for as fast action as it delivers, especially once you get into like the mid to late game. I think I was looking for something a little more turn-based, a little more strategic in the sense of like moment to moment. But like, you know, you, there are strategic choices to be made here, but the action when you're playing is really fast. It's like Twitch based, oh, yeah. you're doing dodging and stuff. And I think I wasn't in the mood for it at that time. Um, and I think also now what the one thing that I will say about this game, um, and I'll go back and recap it. I know, I know we're I was going to say, you're saying you, you're talking about how you thought about when you first played it. And then now what you're playing it now. Exactly. I'm going to okay. get there. I'm going to get there. Um, so before I, before I talk about my complaint, I guess I should, should talk about it in the right order. So if you haven't played Hades, uh, it's on every system. It's on everything. Uh, it's about, um, the son of Hades, who is the Greek, uh, Greek Roman, Greek God of death. And his son, whose name I cannot remember right now, uh, wants to get out of Hades. He wants to get out of the underworld. And so it was great because not only do they incorporate a lot of Greek mythology, which is always a cool thing to do. I always enjoy Greek mythology. All the gods make an appearance. Like there's a lot of theming. There's like a Cerberus. There's all sorts of stuff that's appropriate to that world. But it, it incorporated the roguelike structure of like die and retry because uh, Hades itself is a level that's so supposed to be preventing people to leave the underworld. So it's like a maze. It, it, every time you die, it reconfigures itself. It's supposed to be impossible to get out so that none of the souls escape. So that's a good conceptual use. Um, it also explains why you keep dying and coming back because you cannot leave Hades you're, and you're already, I don't know, a citizen of the underworld. So you can't die because you're already there. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense also. But they also, the big step forward to this, uh, and it's top-down, real-time action, lots of different weapons, um, lots of different power-ups and stuff. But the, the biggest thing, the biggest step forward was the integration of story. Um, I think a lot of roguelikes struggle to tell a coherent story or a motivating story. And they really succeeded in this one because as you were playing this character, uh, every death is taken into account. Like you don't, you, it's not like you just pretended it didn't happen. Like he, he gets up from dying. He's like, Oh man, I got to try again. 
he keeps talking to people who are around the underworld, Hades and other uh, heroes like Hypnos is in the hallway. Uh, Medusa, or they call her just Dusa, is like around the corner. And there's all these other characters you meet. They all acknowledge that he is trying to get out of the underworld and that he's failing. And that like, it's just like the story keeps moving forward. Every time you die, they're like, they say something new. Like they, they, they build on your deaths and they, they build on your struggle. And it feels like you're actually doing this kind of like Sisyphus task where instead of the guy pushing the boulder up the hill, you're like the guy trying to get out of Hades and you're failing, but you keep trying, keep trying. But, but reality continues. Everybody knows it. They see you doing it. And every time you have more dialogue, it's something new. It's it's the story unravels. There's people to meet. There's twists that pop up. So I think genuinely they should really be, um, you know, really celebrated for for doing something so substantial in a genre which has been notoriously difficult to get any kind of story into. Um, yeah. Usually you're just like a clone, or maybe you're you're amnesia, or maybe it's magic or whatever. But they really they dug deeper than that, and they really pushed it forward, which is which is amazing. I think that's great. Um, my only so okay so I didn't I didn't click at the time like I said I wasn't in the mood for fast action. Uh, the other thing I got to say that the, my one criticism I feel like visibility is a little bit of an issue in this game. Um, the 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 art style is great. I love the character design. I love the colors and the underworld and all that stuff. But this this action in this game, especially when you get to the higher levels or the mid to higher levels, it can get really fast. You're dodging. Uh, there's weapons going off, there's explosions going off, there's bombs, there's little AOE circles to watch out for, projectiles of all sorts and stuff. There can be a lot on the screen, right? And because it's coming out at you at a three-quarter kind of isometric view, sometimes there are like pillars or maybe there's a, a yes, statue or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it kind of obstructs your view. Like it's never like game ruining but sometimes even taking one hit that you didn't see coming can make a big difference well it's also because the art style that's using too right yeah yeah exactly it's very colorful cartoony i think it's beautiful but sometimes the visibility is not the greatest especially when you're in like a very colorful level or something it can be really tough for your eye to pick out what's dangerous and what's not or like what's a pit and what's not and when you're just dash dash jump jump you know like hit hit like dodge and like it's very busy and i found that for me um I took some hits that I didn't want to take and I, or felt like I shouldn't take. And that kind of irritated me. And I think I noped out because the visibility was a little bit of a struggle. I think that was my other part that mm -hmm. I didn't like. So put it aside. Um, I figured I would probably come back to it someday because like I'm Mr. Roguelike. And how is this the best roguelike in the world that I didn't finish or I didn't even really put that much time into? That seems stupid. Um, and I'm like, OK, I'll just come back to it when I'm in a better headspace. And that was this week. Like this week, I don't know what happened. The stars aligned. Uh, I don't know. Cosmic energy. Uh, indigestion, who knows what it was, but I was just like, I feel like I need to play Hades right now in spite of all these other games that are screaming for my attention. And that's just what I did. And it was the right call to make. Um, I have really been enjoying getting back into it. I started fresh. I didn't, I didn't want to pick up where I left off. I forgot everything and, you know, just wanted to begin again and re see the story again. There's a lot stuff. of story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of story. And I had forgotten all of it and stuff. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to start over. And it was painless to start over and I just got back into it. And, you know, I mean, I knew it was quality product back then. I never I, I never said it was a bad game ever. I mean, I just wasn't in the mood for it. And it is a really quality product. I know they've done some patches and fixes since it launched, which is great. The balancing feels great. Uh, and I just I'm just really, really enjoying it. I feel like it's one of those games that is absolutely going to stand the test of time. I feel like you could come back to this game in a year, in five years, in 10 years, whenever you're in the mood for it, like I just did. And I feel like it's still great to play i'm enjoying seeing the story again i i'm really appreciating all the nuances to the combat 
I really love seeing how the different power-ups, um, which are really the star of the game, interact. You've got like, I think, eight weapons or ten different weapons, like a sword, a shield, a spear, some fists. Uh, there's even like a gun at one point you can unlock. And all of the different power-ups that are bestowed upon you by the gods have different effects. Like Zeus gives you lightning stuff. Artemis usually gives you long-range stuff because she's like the archer. Um... Dionysus gives you like uh, status effects because he's like the boozy guy and just seeing how all those things interact with each other and trying to find like a really strong build has been really satisfying in and of itself so I really respect like all of the interactions that can happen it makes each run feel fresh and and sometimes you do get kind of tired of it right like I get smacked down a couple times you're like okay I'm good for now but I put it down come back the next day I'm ready for another run so I feel like I knew it was a good game at the time I just wasn't ready for it I wasn't in the mood for it but now that I've come back to it my appreciation for it has grown. Okay. And I really do feel like it's uh, it's going to be one of those, like, all-time classics. I think they they really knocked it out of the park with this one. It's funny because I'm not saying anything negative. I kind of am. But everything you just said made sense. But the things that you, that you noped out for in the beginning, yeah. they're still around. And even though you're just, just now talking positively about it, it was also kind of, like, somber, too. <laughs> and it was kind of like... You know, and it's a it's a good game. It's what you would say when you're like not blown away by something. Because by the way, that's my thought of this thing. It's like beautiful to look at, sometimes hard to see things, like you yeah, said. Yeah, true, true. Um and the story's interesting because it keeps giving me story which I like, but then I'm like not totally like in love with the story either. So even though they give me a ton of story, and that should be a pro, I don't care a lot of times. Uh, tr- was it transistor? Not transistor. Yeah, that was. That, Is that, that was... the sword one? You know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's something similar there, where I was like, "Wow, they're telling me a lot. The sword's talking, but I don't care too much." Yeah. Um, and so I feel like that's the problem that happens with me in Supergiant. It's like I, I like the mechanics. I like everything that they, like you said, it's done well, and it will probably stand the test of time. But it doesn't hook me, almost like we were saying earlier about the story parts. And so if it doesn't and I get smacked down, like you said, I go, cool, I'll play anything else probably (laughs) right now. And again, just to give one more star in the hat, which is not a thing of um, stars, hat stars. Oh, that's a good podcast name in um, the lamb cult of the lamb. You know, that's a perfect example of like enough story, enough mechanics, enough progression that I feel like I want to keep going. But yeah, I think I've always noped out of Hades because of that. those things. I mean, you're not wrong, right? I mean, I think all of those things are true. And, th- and I'm sure that all of those things were a factor. Um, because even though the story does move things forward, I, you know, I would agree with you. I'm not, I mean, I can't remember the guy's name. I forget what his name is. but That's not good. Yeah, I know, right? But it's <laughs> it's not super involving. But I, but I absolutely appreciate from a development and craftsman perspective what they did. And I think what they did is brilliant, mm-hmm. even though it's not like, it's not like viscerally moving me. Like I'm not feeling a lot of like, Oh, I want to get this guy out. I'm just enjoying kind of playing the the moment to moment stuff and, you know, coming back to the weapons and remembering how different they are. And I'm just enjoying like finding different builds and stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's really good. So, yeah, I mean, there is something about it that is kind of keeping me um, at a slight distance. Um, I don't know that this will ever make it in my top 10 of all time, even though when I'm looking at it from a clinical perspective, like I think it's an extremely well-made game and I'm having fun with it. I mean, I came back to it. I've been playing it, you know, at least three or four runs a day. Yeah. And I, I'm hoping I'm going to get further than I did the last time. Um, maybe even finish it. Who knows? Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's really, really well made. I really like it. And I definitely, 
I do think it deserves all the accolades, and I do think it deserves to be in the top tier of roguelikes. If someone was to say, hey, Brad, what's the what's the top five roguelikes of all time? Like, I think I would put this one in there, though, even, even, even though I haven't finished it yet, even though I don't <laughs> no, if you go to will bed dreaming it? of it. Yeah. I mean, I may, I may not finish it. Who knows, right? Who knows? But I would I would put it in the top five just for the different mechanical reasons and the stuff that they've done. So yeah. I really admire it. And I'm really glad I came back to it, too, because even though I'm still having some of the same issues, I do really like what they're doing. And I, I just it's the right game at the right time for me right now. Yeah. So that um, I think it's great, though. I do think it's great. And uh, it may not have captured my heart. But it certainly has captured my mind and my design elements and my appreciation for those aspects. So, yeah, I, I think it's great. I think it's definitely worth a revisit for sure. I've been enjoying it. Well, I'll say this, too, to kind of to devil, another devil's advocate to my advocate or whatever is um, sometimes <laughs> it doesn't devil's advocate. Every game doesn't have to capture the heart either. Right. Yes, so, yes. Back to Picross or Picross. Like, you know, that doesn't capture yeah, my exactly. heart for shit. Exactly. But I'm going to play it. So, yeah, there you go. Check out Hades, people. Yeah. Yeah, if you haven't checked it out, check it out now. I definitely think it's worth going back to. I definitely think it's going to be an all-timer for sure. It's going to be one of those touchstones when people say, you know, like if you go to like game education or something and, uh, you know, you want to know about the touchstones in a genre, you want to know about the biggest titles everybody should know about. If you're a perspective game reviewer, this is going to be one of those ones where like you have to at least have tried it, right? Like, Like I would kind of like look sideways at a reviewer who came to me and wanted to write for me and was like, oh yeah, I play roguelikes on it but i haven't tried hades i'd be like well you got i mean you don't have to love it but you got to at least try it yeah. you know you can't talk about shooters without ever playing doom you can't talk about uh you know stuff like that where you gotta you, you can't play you can't write about rpgs if you haven't played a final fantasy right so this is kind of like in that same basket for me where i may not love it to death but it's got a place and i think it's got value and i think it's important so, yep well said yeah. all right that is going to do it for this episode. Real quick, shout out to Adderblack39 for his tireless, heroic, unfailing retweeting of our show. The man is my hero. He's always my hero. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Adderblack. Uh, Thank you. You never fail. And I just, I want to just give props. Um, we don't have an award or anything for like the most consistent retweets, but if we did, Dude would be like taking it like, you know, no problem. Like with a very large margin, he'd be far ahead of the pack. So thank you very much. Or we just made an award and there you go. We just made an award. There you go. You've got the, you just won the award for most unfailing retweets. Thank you very much. Adderblack. First, uh, first ever annual award. There you go. Um, a couple other things before we go, Carlos, you got a couple things. What else? Uh, anything non game related you got? Yeah. Some show stuff and movie stuff. Um, I'm watching Mythic Quest. Uh, I think I brought that to the show before. You have, you have. I think you don't like it. Is that right? Oh, man. I watched, I want to say, one or two episodes, and I found it so fucking annoying. I bounced off it so hard. But my wife really wants to go back to it, so I'll probably give it another shot. Maybe, you know, maybe it's like a Hades situation. Maybe I just wasn't in the right headspace at the time. Who knows? I don't know. I'll say this about it. What they do really well is it's it's a comedy, right? It's like you think of like Office, The Office or something like that. It's like... You know, it's it's a workplace environment with a lot of comedy. Uh, it's about video game, uh, the industry, which is good because they do a lot of like talk about microtransactions, talk about NFTs. Yeah, you know, yeah. So that part is good. So it's got kind of the, the nerdy angle, the game angle, and a comedy angle. But what they did really well in the first two uh, seasons is they hit your heartstrings, and it's funny because they hit them out of nowhere because you're just like thinking you know what the show is. And you're like, oh, this is, you know, funny, weird, funny, weird. And then you're like, whoa, why do I feel something strong right now, you know? And then they did that special episode during the pandemic 
which was about the pandemic. And it, uh, you never watched it, but I watched it during the pandemic, you mm-hmm. know, or at least the, during the height of the, that moment. And it was about not being able to see people. And it was heart, heartwarming, heart aching. It was amazing. And so the, they start this first, the third season is what I'm watching. And they start it with a feels uh, episode. And so you're like, whoa, okay, there's that thing that I like about this. It what's, sets it apart from other kind of, you know, comedy uh, shows. So I, I still recommend it. I think it's really done really well. Um, yeah, I just want people to check it out. Yeah, check it out. And, you know, I think something about the style of humor just really rubbed me the wrong way at the time. But like I said, my wife really wants to, she's been wanting to watch it. So I will definitely give it another shot and I will report back once I, I give it round two. So we'll yeah, see. wait till you hit some of those feel episodes, maybe. Um, also, Avenue 5, uh, I'm finishing that last season oh, It's on my list. I haven't got to it yet, but I really so want to watch it. So good. Uh, that and Mythic Quest I call like my comfort food shows. Okay, okay. You know, you just watch them to relax and you don't have to like... There's high stakes, but it's like there's enough comedy that you're just kind of like having fun. Um, and then I wanted to mention that Bullet Train just came to Netflix. So is that... Oh, movie? dude, that's a great movie. Yeah, I think you saw it. Okay, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I love I, that movie. That I movie's way better. Off and way was, better than Has a Right to Be. Cool. Well, I'm excited. Yeah, it just showed up on Netflix. Um, and then lastly, I just wanted to hit touch base with you about Nope. Oh. <laughs> because yes, I, yes, I'm on yes. two minds on it, and I saw some of your tweets or something. So, um, yeah. Did you okay, want to let's talk, talk about, about nope? the, Yeah, let's talk about Nope real quick from Jordan Peele. Uh, but, but, but really quickly, definitely watch Bullet Train, dude. I want to hear your thoughts on Bullet Train. That game, I mean, that that game, <laughs> I know. that movie, um, I'm not the biggest Brad Pitt fan, just putting that out there, uh, but I thought that movie was actually pretty dope, dude. It was a really good time. So I'm going to check it out, yeah. Okay, so Nope, Jordan Peele. I'm a big Jordan Peele fan. I know you are too, yep. uh, and I, I really liked his previous movies. You saw Get Out, uh, obviously, right? So yeah, got, yeah, yeah, saw Get Out. That was great. I saw Us, Us which I yeah. thought was great mm-hmm. as well. In fact, I think I even liked Us better than Get Out, honestly. I think wow. it was- Wow. Um, there were some issues, but like it was just so weird and fucking cool and just strange and bizarre. Yeah. Um, so I started watching Nope. It was on Peacock for free. So me and the wife were like, okay, let's check it out. And oh man, I, ooh, dude, like I just, I'm not going to spoil anything here. So this is spoiler free discussion, but I really feel like Jordan Peele is losing his edge. I feel like he's getting, he's getting, um, this movie felt very indulgent to me and not in a good way. It felt like he's had a couple big wins under his belt, which is well-deserved. But I think he's he's not staying hungry enough. I think he I don't know what the fuck he was doing with this movie, dude. It was so strange. Um, uh, I feel like it was about 45 minutes too long. Mm-hmm. I feel like the ideas in the movie were cool and I really like the ideas. But there was a lot of moments when I'm like, what are you even doing with this scene? Why are we watching this scene? Uh, what's the point of this thing? Why are we spending so much time on this? Uh, what I don't understand where this is leading. Is it leading anywhere? I'm not sure why we're doing this. And then we get to the parts um, that are maybe the more traditional Jordan Peele elements, and those were okay. But it's like I I didn't care for the characters. I didn't care for a lot of the stuff he sw- he spent time on. And uh, you know, I just I just feel like it was kind of a miss. Like I felt like it was really meandering. It was never scary. It was never funny. It was never thrilling. It just was like this thing that happened for two hours and 15 minutes Mm. and just thing after thing happened. But it never, never found a groove. Like I never really got into it. Like we're just watching it like, okay, okay. And I get it. I get it. I get it. And then the movie's over and I'm like, 
that was the thing that we did, but yeah. it was a miss. Like, it was a miss for me, man. Okay, well, first off, I'll say, yeah, Jordan Peele, huge inspiration for me. Obviously, King of Peele is one of the bigger inspirations. Oh, yeah, absolutely, dude. Um, because, obviously, every day or every other day, I make a sketch, and I'm trying to work in, you know, doing more comedy. And um, anyways, I always watch them for inspiration, watched all, all their Brilliant, uh, brilliant shit. Brilliant, brilliant shit. Brilliant. And get out, you know, one of the best movies, That's not great. just about horror, but about race. And Absolutely. Uh, race in this country. So all that said, um, I'm a big uh, proponent of his. I also just heard him on Armchair Expert, which is a great podcast, and he's hungry as ever. So that's not it. It's not the okay. I'm, he I'm got glad lazy to be wrong on, that. on okay. his wins or something. He's so excited and so has so many projects, and he's working with his uh, production company called Monkey Paw Productions. Yes, Monkey and Paw. so they're working on a lot of things that aren't just like starring, you know, him as a director. Sure, or sure. So, anyways, hunger's there. He's lots of stuff around the way. He just created a horror podcast, which is creating like audio po- horror. You know, like so. Is it already out? It's already out. Yeah, just What's the first episode. Um, shit, look it up. It's something weird, like the loud part quiet or something. The quiet part loud. You keep talking. I'm gonna search it. Jordan right. Peele's uh, Monkey Paw Productions podcast. So, okay, so that aside, right? Hunger's still there. What happens is, and I know this even just on the sketches level. You know, you just sometimes put out something that is a bunch of ideas and it isn't exactly, you know, things just don't come together. Like Get Out was like a perfect union, right? You got the best actors, you got the right actors for the role, you got the right performances, right? All The whole thing. So I think that I agree with you. I, I did all that because I, I, I really love him. So I, I love gr- him too, man. I'm a fan. Yeah. And I, I think that this is a miss in a way as well. But I also like there's so many really good parts that I do like and still appreciate that he pulled off in there. Um, but yeah, I just think it's a lot of, I like you, you described it really well. It's a lot of ideas, but I don't think the culmination of them come together. Yeah. And my biggest thing, which I try not to spoil it for you and I won't spoil it for our audience, but the intro I loved, which is a very, very short section of a thing that's mm-hmm. weird and has to do with the monkey. And I was like, Oh, is that what this movie is? Because if that's what this movie is, and I'm specifically talking about the shoe, um, and that's all I need to say. And I was like, if this movie's going to be that weird, I'm all in. But then the movie's not that weird. No. Not at all. It's funny you bring that up because that, and again, no spoilers, but the monkey section, I was like, okay, so what's the point of this? I don't see how this connects. It didn't make any sense. It didn't come back around at the end. And so um, after the movie, we had to Google it and be like, what was the deal with the monkey? Like, can someone please explain? And there was like this, like really long, detailed explanation about what it was supposed to represent. But like, it just whiffed, dude. Like, I mean, maybe I'm just like Joe Blow, average moviegoer, and I don't appreciate the nuance of film. I'm not a cinema appreciator, I guess. But I like it's like, that voice. I'm like, dude, that if you were trying to make a point with the monkey thing, you didn't make your point. And not only did you not make your point, you added an element in there. That made no sense. That seemed like it was going to connect with the rest, and it didn't. Well, to play devil's advocate again, to my advocate of my devils. (laughs) You got a whole lot of Satan Satan speaking up on this podcast. Um, Well, is that what that means? Well, no, I'm just Okay, I was going to look. I was like, I'm not going to use that anymore. No, Um, no. So basically, you know, like FromSoft or some other game stuff where, you know, there's hidden like layers of a story and we're like yes. if you get it you get it and if you don't you don't that's yes. kind of what i'm seeing here with this right yes that being said 
I won't do it and we won't do a spoiler cast, but I know exactly what that shoe meant. And it, there is a speci- very, very simple. You'll not, have to tell me after the show. Okay. That shoe didn't mean fuck all anything to it, me. And I thought it was a red herring. It's a very simple thing. It's not a red herring. But my problem with it, and I'll tell you after the show, is not the fact that it is saying something pretty simple. It's the fact that the whole movie isn't that weird. Like the movie yes. is very traditional and, and kind of slow in my opinion. So it's I think really that's, slow. Yeah, yeah that's slow. the biggest problem is that beginning's fast and weird and Jordan Peele is all those things, you know. Um, so that's the problem we have with it. But anyways, I mean, yeah, if they if they took like I, like I said, if they took 45 minutes out, made it a tight 90, that would be a much better movie because you'd have to move it along. You'd have to keep getting back to what was going on. You'd have to like there's just like parts of that movie where I'm like, what the f- why are we even fucking watching this? Like, it's just not interesting. And I don't know what he was really trying to say with that and and the breakdown that we read was really just looking at the monkey part not the movie overall but like man i was just like i i i think i i get basically what you're going for and this isn't it dude like yeah. you, you didn't you did not hit the mark on this one i so. did also love uh kiki palmer i like her a lot um her performance in that movie Ooh, and, wow oh you didn't like it at all nails on nails chalkboard. Chalkboard. well no. um i just like her in general and she just uh i think maybe a, it might be rose tidney glasses because she just hosted snl last night mm-hmm. and she killed it you know um so oh, just, see, so no, let me add to that. I think you're right, dude. I absolutely agree with you because I think she's a great actress. Yeah. And I think that Daniel um, Kaluuya, I think is his name. Is yeah. Right? Mm-hmm, yeah. They are both fantastic actors, both of them. In this movie, I feel like they were horribly misdirected. I did not appreciate what he was going for with either of them. And I felt like he was wasting their talent so hard. Interesting. I, I thought yeah. her character in that movie it drove me up the fucking wall. And if that was his point, I don't know why he wanted to do that. Cause it was irritating as fuck. And with Daniel Kaluuya, it was like almost a joke how laconic he was and how little he had to say. I was like this, this none of this is working for me. None of this is, no, none I of this kind is of agree. Yeah. I just, I, I think that it's funny cause I agree and disagree because I, I just like her, her uh, presence. I think she's great. Like as, as a person, I think she's great. Yeah. And but actress, I think her yeah. presence even showed through in this movie. Cause like any scene that she was in, I was like interested in what she would say. Did I enjoy everything she said? No, but I was just, I was like, she, she's just there all of a sudden. I'm like, okay, what's, what's going to happen, you know, yeah. or her interacting with other people. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, okay. Uh, we'll, we'll finish with Nope. I still think it's interesting and I think his next movie will be amazing probably, but yeah. we'll see. Cool. Cool idea. Didn't get there. It's a miss for me, but, uh, I still am a fan of Jordan Peele. So also the podcast, uh, that you mentioned is called quiet part loud. Yes. So I didn't know about that. I'm going to check it out. Cause we actually listen to a lot of horror podcasts in this Ooh, house. So. He, he said we- it's based on, you know, real shit and oh man. You know, okay. Check it out. Give that. A, give, thank you for thank you for the heads up because we'll definitely listen this afternoon and check that out. Uh, you got anything else? Just thought I want to play Need for Speed Unbound now. <laughs> really bad. I have a couple of my friends that said that's really 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 good, and I generally haven't played a card game for a while, and um, I don't know. I think it came out of left field, and people are like kind of surprised by it. Oh, all right, cool. I'm not a card guy, but I know um, a lot of people are liking it. I was talking to. Uh, writer CJ Salcedo, who is covering it for us at Game Critics, and he seems to really like it a lot, so it seems to be yeah. a thumbs up. All right. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, so I want to give a shout-out quickly to Lost in Space on Netflix. Do you remember Lost in Space? Yeah, I tried to watch that first season, and similar to Hades, I noped out so hard on that show. Can you tell me a good reason oh my God. why I, I should I, go back to it? I don't, I don't think you should. I mean, I don't think you should. If you noped out... So, okay, so setting the context, like, I am a big fan of Lost in Space from back in the day. Did you watch the original So series? am I, and I love everything sci-fi. So that's why it kills me that I haven't gone back. 
So I, by the way, this is me saying in no uncertain terms to be like, Brad, please give me a reason to come back because I, mean, I love sci-fi. I, I feel like if you watched season one and it wasn't clicking, it's just more of that. But I thought season one was awesome. And I really loved it. I mean, maybe it's too much of a family slant for you because it definitely is that a family show. That is true. It's show, definitely right? a family show. And yeah. I noticed that you don't really connect too much with like the family show. I don't so understand families. The... I don't have one. I don't understand the logic or the. Con- I don't get it. Any of it, really. So that's. I think that maybe that's the key. I think that. I think that this is a family-oriented sci-fi show, and we are a family. I have a family, and so I think that works for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, but I can totally understand why it wouldn't work for you. I mean, no, no shade or anything. I just you know, no, it's fine. I get it. Stuff, yeah. So, but man, I love Lost in Space. I I think it's a wonderful update. I was a big fan of the Irwin Allen show from back in what the '60s or something like that. Yeah. Um, I thought that was great, and so to see it remade in the way that they did was was great. If you're not familiar with this, um, basically a family is going on a space mission. They're going to colonize uh, Alpha Centauri. And then things go sideways. Like everything you can imagine goes wrong. And the thing that I love, one of the things I love most about this is that the, the writers of this new series have really absolutely captured like the essence of what made the original show the original. If you go back and look at the original, same basic premise. Family goes in space, things go sideways, etc., etc. And they always had like this wild danger in every episode. They were always going from danger to danger to danger because it was like a weekly show. And that same energy is captured here perfectly. In every episode, something incredibly dangerous happens to this family and they get out by the skin of their teeth every single time. And if this was like some other show, I would be like, oh, that's crazy. But like, this is Lost in Space. And that is what that show is about. They get into danger. They get out of it by the skin of their teeth. And then they go on to the next danger. And that's, they got it. Like they got it. They understood the show, right? Mm-hmm. Which is wonderful. I love that they got that. Um, and so they're able to get away with some stuff because it's like an homage and they're, they're paying tribute to that good show, which is great. I love it. Performances are great. I love the, I love the cast. The cast is fucking gold star all the way across. Everybody's excellent in it. Um, the re-envisioning of the robot, which is really interesting. Uh, I like the robot as well. And the, the special effects are just like off the hook, dude. Like they're so good in every episode. I'm like, wow. This show looks like a mil- like ten million dollars. I don't know. Is that enough? I don't know, maybe twenty million. I don't Who know knows? How much that costs. Yeah. I don't know what they cost these days, but it feels like a lot of money poured in every episode. It's beautiful, um, and I just love it. And it's a shame because season one and season two came out back to back, and then COVID happened, and then it stopped for like three years. So it just came back. Uh, I want to say last year, tail end of last year or something. So season three um, now then. It is season three, and okay. I believe season three is going to be the end of it. Uh, but there was this huge gap in the middle because of COVID, which sucked. And they kind of even address it on the show indirectly because they show you the footage from before COVID when the main character is a little boy. They come back to the show after COVID and he's like a dude because he grew over the COVID gap, right? Oh, right. They couldn't replace him because he's like the star. But like they say basically, uh, I'm not going to spoil it, but, you know, time passes, et cetera, et cetera. And he's like a dude. He's like two feet taller and everything. And I'm like, you know, COVID life, whatever. That's fine. Um, but I'm loving it. We're like a couple episodes away from the final final uh, episode. Uh, season ender or show ender i guess um it's great i just love it if you want a family oriented sci-fi show they touch on a lot of issues um it's really kid forward i think it's really family friendly but like it's still also very thrilling very exciting amazing special effects i think this remake is just fucking awesome i love it so much we should call this segment shows before you go i think that's what this is at this point i mean we could but it could be anything it could be it doesn't I, have know, to be I know it i know be anything by the way did you ever watch wednesday no, we're coming up on it. We, okay. we got to finish Lost in Space first. We voted and what was going to Wednesday was one of the choices. But since we were we had finished two seasons of this, we wanted to finish the whole story before we moved on to something new. So yeah, okay. It's on the list. It's on the list. I want to give a quick shout to a show called Panic 
on Amazon. Have you heard this or seen anything about it? I haven't, and I know everything. I don't know that this is for you. It may not be your bucket. It's kind of a, a teen-focused drama where it's about a dead-end town in Texas where there's, like, no jobs, no money. Everybody's, like, a boozer or a druggie, and the kids just, like, are growing out of, you know, they're graduating high school and realizing they have, like, no future, right? And so they create this game. It's called Panic. And what happens is every kid in the senior class donates $1 a day for the entire school year. And at the end of the school year, they do an illegal, super dangerous competition to see who's going to take home the money. In this show, they end up with like something like pretty close to $50,000 as the, the year end pot. And so all these kids who have no future, no college money, no jobs in town, um, they do a really good job of showing the town as being this like dead end place where people go to die. Um, everybody, every kid in the senior class wants that fucking money because they want to get out of this town. And so they do these like crazy ass fucking like jump off a really high cliff into some water or they do like walk across this really narrow bridge and don't die or whatever. It's this, and it's fiction. This is not documentary at all. This is fiction yeah. uh, based on a, a, apparently a pretty successful book I hadn't heard of also called Panic. Uh, but it's pretty good. We're like two, three episodes in and, you know, it's, it's got teen drama and stuff like everybody's a high schooler, obviously, which is not generally my jam. But I was kind of fascinated by the concept of this like underground, you know, death contest. It's kind of like Squid Game almost, except for everybody goes home at the end of the night instead of staying in their, their little prison cells or whatever. But if you kind of like Squid Game, this is kind of like an American high schoolish, vaguely Squid Game-ish sort of a thing, kind of in the same basket. So right. we're kind of digging that particular vibe of it. So pretty cool. Dude, there's a oh. lot on Amazon Prime, by the way. I there's feel a like ton of stuff. They're yeah. killing it. And also, we never mentioned this on the show. I'm just checking the homepage. But they do a really good job of bringing, especially during COVID, but also now, in continually, bringing new movies You know, to, for oh, rent. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, I just want, this is in my queue. I'm totally fine. Um, I really oh, want yeah. to so watch that. So my queue as well? So yeah. My as well. And so there's yep. just so many, like a rental uh, they have, too. Yeah, I mean, I think if you had to choose just one service, I mean, we don't have just one, but if you had to choose one, I mean, I think Amazon is just fine. You'd have probably plenty to watch on that that series. So Tar, that service, so. Tar, Cape yep. Blanchett, that's yep. up there, yeah. That's on my list as well. Um, one last thing, just a quick shout. Um, I want to give a shout to Rise of the Beasts. It's the next Transformers movie coming out in summertime. The trailer just dropped like yesterday or the day before. Now... Okay, I'm a Transformers fan. I know I talk mostly about He-Man on this podcast, but I also do love Transformers. Uh, longtime fan uh, since the beginning, OG back in 1984. Um, but I was not a fan of Michael Bay and how he treated that property. Um, I feel like Michael Bay did not understand Transformers. He didn't understand what the fans liked about it. His designs in terms of visuals were kind of okay. Sometimes sometimes they really crossed the line into being something that I thought was kind of just just garbage. Um, and he kept making bigger and longer movies that just were not very good. Um, I think the first one, the very first Transformers is okay. And then every Transformers after that, I feel like it's just like um, increasing levels of dumb, hot garbage until it got to Bumblebee. And when it got to Bumblebee, um, they switched directors. It was kind of the same Bay flavor, the same type of robots, the same type of real world CG action. But the developer, uh, I'm sorry, God damn it, can't get games off my head. The director of Bumblebee understood more about what fans want from Transformers. And I feel like he captured the energy again. Like I was like, oh, Transformers is good again. Bumblebee is a legit movie. That's pretty good. 
and I'm pretty sure the same director is going to be um, directing Rise of the Beasts, which will incorporate characters from Beast Wars, which was one of my favorite Transformers series of all time. Mm. Um, in the trailer that just dropped, they show Cheetor, they show Air Razor, the Hawk, they show Optimus Primal, the Gorilla, they show Rhinox, um, a couple other people. And so they're integrating the Beast Wars stuff, which I never, ever, ever in a million years thought would happen. Um, very excited about that and also excited because it means we're going to get brand new Beast Wars toys, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm really glad that it's not Michael Bay. I'm glad it's this new person. Uh, and I'm hoping that they continue the vibe that was set with Bumblebee. Because if I was to recommend movies to people, I would say Transformers 1, skip everything until Bumblebee, watch Bumblebee, and then hopefully Rise of the Beast will be just as good. So fingers crossed on that. All right. And by the way, every time you mention Transformers, A, I don't care for the movies. Um, I think... The first one was in an interesting movie uh, enough. But, yeah, I haven't seen anything else other than that. But I always no, forget. Don't, don't. I won't. I won't. I always forget to bring up GoBots because that was my jam. Oh, I love GoBots too, dude. I got a bunch of GoBots. There was, there was a thing in the, I guess, 90s, I want to say, where, um, or just in general in my household. Growing up, you know, there was the expensive version of, like, certain toys Oh, yeah. And there was the cheaper version. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if GoBots, the cartoon, came out after the toys came out, but the GoBots toys were definitely the budget version of Transformers. They oh, were, for sure. They were like plastic, you know, and like uh, a lot of the Transformers had metal, I think, on them or something. They were like heavy duty things. And um, I might be just reimagining that. No, no, you're right. I mean, there were definitely plastic ones, but there were a fair number of metal GoBots, too. I got them. I got was them actually- there? I'm I'm looking at them right now. Oh, okay, in fact, they're over on my shelf. I right felt now. like that was the budget show. The animation was just trash, and I just liked it. Although that little kid on the moped, the moped robot was cool. Yeah, but scooter. Yeah, was scooter. the moped scooter. Yeah, I just remember that. That's all. Gobots was good, man. I mean, I, I'm right with you. When we were growing up, we were pretty poor, and Transformers. I did get a Transformer every once in a while. I'm not going to say I didn't. Uh, but the reason I probably have so many of them now as a grown up is because I didn't have them back when I was a kid exactly. and I'm still working through that trauma. Right. Yeah. Uh, re- retail trauma. Um, and so, yeah, we very often couldn't afford transformers. And I remember being on the playground and seeing kids with like Optimus prime or a Megatron or, you know, Soundwave. Soundwave was a big one cause he had the cassettes in his chest and everything. And I'm, and me being like, well, I couldn't afford that. So I definitely got them when I could. I bought a bunch when I got a job. I'm still buying them now. So I'm, I'm back in that ecosystem. But I had GoBots. GoBots were the alternative because GoBots were a fraction of the size and they were a fraction of the price. Where, at yeah. that, you know, back in the day, you could get like a regular, you know, you could get Jazz or, or Sideswipe or somebody in the Transformers for like 20 bucks. And I forget how much that is in like 80s money. It's That's probably like 50 you know, bucks or something. It's, yeah, crazy. It's, it's expensive, yeah. right? Or you could get a GoBot who was on a blister card for like three fifty or four dollars or something. You could get, you know, you could always squeeze a GoBot out of my dad. You could not squeeze yes, a Transformer out of exactly. him. Exactly. Back then, so, a five dollars was, I guess, like twenty dollars today. Yeah. And so, like a fi- like, I get a five when we go to the mall. Yeah. My mom would be yep, like, yep. "Okay, you can spend this on one thing." Yeah. Just imagine that, kids. Like you have, like, I guess in this money. Uh, 2022 money it's like 20 bucks but still 20 bucks doesn't go very far right no it sure doesn't so our 20 bucks was five dollars and we'd be like yeah i could go to toys r us or something and get a GoBot for 4.99 maybe yeah yeah back in the day when you could afford something for five dollars right oh totally yeah oh yeah i had a bunch of GoBots and the, the cartoon i watched the cartoon as well and it was it was great to have something that i could participate in at my uh, financial level at yes, the time. exactly. Um, so I wanted to be a Transformers kid, and I was sometimes, but mostly I was a GoBots kid, but now that I'm a grown-up, 
Uh, I guess I'm an everything guy because I just buy everything. So right. I guess I'm reclaiming the 80s. Before we leave the 80s slash 90s, um, I guess this is 80s. We also didn't bring up, or maybe we did, Mask. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Are you okay. kidding me? Okay, so I was a huge Mask person. I somehow was able to afford some of those. They were kind of in between, I guess, maybe price-wise. Yeah, they were mid-range kind of thing. Independ- there was like small ones and big ones. There was. It was you like the car, car, super expensive, or like, or like the, the dude bike. with the backpack, right? Yeah, the backpack, yeah. So anyways, I just remember that a lot. But yeah, anywho. Google, Google Mask. We're not going to get it now, but Mask, M-A-S-K, with periods in between. That was a hot thing. Real hot in the late 80s. Yeah. Transformers, GoBots. This is the toy cast now. We're talking about toys. Thank so. you for coming. All right, folks. That is a show. Thank you very much for listening. As always, we want to get your questions and comments. And also, we want your top three and one stinker from 2022. Don't forget that. Hit us up. SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at SoVideoGames. We're on Instagram at SoVideoGamesPodcast. Got to update that this week. And you got to reach us individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic? Uh, just always TikTok, I think, from now on. Um, Carl Sardella, just my name. Or just type Starbucks. You'll probably find me because I've kind of focused on making sketches about Starbucks. And my last one that just went up, um, well, the last one I went up uh, was about a weird thought machine thing. But the one before that uh, is doing really well. Uh, and it's about Cranberry Bliss Bars because those are, to me, fantastic. And All I can't right. get enough of them. So check it out. Check it out. Cranberry Bliss Bar skit this week. As for me... I will not be talking about Cranberry Bliss Bars. I'll just be doing my usual you bullshit. Should. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter still for the moment uh, on Instagram. It's uh, my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And this is going to do it for episode 313. Thank you all again for joining us here on the Soviet Games podcast. And... Oh, oh, uno momento, uno momento. Yeah. I'm going to... What? Nos vemos la próxima vez. Okay. Doesn't have the same ring to it. We didn't practice that. I know. That's we'll see you next time. So it's nos so it's nos vemos la próxima vez. Okay. So we'll say that in the same time somehow. Okay, we're getting one, two, two, three. three. Nos Nos vemos la próxima próxima vez. vez. How did we time that one better than we did the fucking English? We did, because it's in Espanol. That's fucking weird. Adios. Adios. (laughs) Adios.